Hey Jess, how does the guitar part go? Do do doodly do 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 do. Pew pew. Take my pod, take my cast, take me where the shows don't last. I don't care, I still see episodes I pay to stream. No more din, no more moth. No more, take that helmet off, now that Mando's off Disney, you can watch Firefly with me. Hello, and welcome, 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 to the sudden but inevitable rewatch. I am Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. your host, Jesse. Thank you, thank you so much for joining us for the finale of Season 1 of the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch. Before I say hello to all the wonderful people in the chat, of course, I have to say hello to my friend Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. How are you doing this week, my friend? I am doing very good. It's been another week, made it through, uh, here for the best part of the week, but... A uh, little nervous about the following week. So I am ready for Cowboy Bebop, if you can see my hat. Uh, but it's a little sad leaving this whole world behind for a little while like we're going to. It is a little sad, but uh, I don't think we could properly really discuss how we're all feeling about that. Unless, of course, we were to introduce our two Firefly first-timers, the head of the Twist My Arm Network, Josh, and his co-life host, Kylie. Welcome, welcome, Josh and Kylie. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. I'm sorry, you guys. I'm I'm just glad that you're here, but how are you doing? Good. <laughs> Hanging in there, yeah. Lots of emotions. How long yeah. ago did you watch the movie? Um, I don't know, 20 minutes ago? We just finished. So it's yeah. pretty fresh. Yeah. It's a fresh, fresh wound. Yes. Soon it'll get now infected it'll and it'll start festering. Now right. you guys <laughs> really have the whole Firefly fan experience, which ends this way. So, I mean, really, Josh and Kylie, this is this is you guys' week. Like this is the time. You know, you're you're going to be shining this week because. The fresh hell that you guys are sitting in now is the hell that all the other brown coats have been living for the last 20 years, basically. So, before we jump into the episode of Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch, give me a, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how are you feeling as far as, are you okay? 1 being, I kind of want to die. 10 being, this is the best day of my life. Oh man. Um negative 3. I, 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 no. <laughs> I I want I got to say somewhere in the middle. Like I've got all these emotions roller coastering all over the place and some are really good, some are really bad. I had like a, you know, bullet point list of things that I wanted to see and like there were some things that happened, some things I got to, you know, scratch off of that list. Um but then there was things that I did not anticipate and that's kind of where I am right now. 
This is this is a spoiler podcast, right? Oh, always. Okay. Well, I mean, this this movie, uh, Matthew McConaughey was awesome, and Anne Hathaway <laughs> did a fantastic job as yep. uh, McConaughey's side. Um, yeah. That's that's the Serenity we're watching, right? What did you think the, of the, the songs? <laughs> ah, man. I don't I don't know how I feel really. I it's it is there's a lot. There's a lot going on. Um it's to be honest with you like and I, I'm not trying to be like a downer, but I'm kind of glad it's over cuz I finally know everything that happened and I know what's going on. Um right. I'm I'm sad that there's, you know, not much more to talk about aside from maybe a, a bonus rewatch where we watch it in Fox order. But I mean, <laughs> it would go faster because there wouldn't be some episodes in it. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it, yeah, I think honestly, I'm probably at about a four. I yeah. would say like it's I'm not upset that it's over. I'm upset at the way that it ended. Yep, And uh, and not yep. not even because of like. Now we'll get into it for sure, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a four. <laughs> okay, we will get into it. He's not lying. But before we get into it, let's take this moment to say hello and thank you to all the wonderful people in our live chat right now. So we're going to start with Callie D. Welcome and hello, Callie D. Then we're going to go to Rona, Callie D's mother. Hello, Rona. They watched with their whole family today in different locations all over the world. They watched the movie at the same time together with their family so that they could come and join us and watch this with us. So that's so cool. I mean, you guys know me and it's there's a there's a car there's a check mark on Callie's card for me crying. So get ready, Callie. <laughs> um, we'd also love to say hello to Shepard Saxon. Thank you so much for being here, Shepard Saxon. If you've ever listened to the Sudden But Inevitable rewatch before, you know that Shepard Saxon is not only the source of our very cool Serenity movie premiere exclusive swag, but the direct main line to the bridge crew of Serenity. Saxon hooked up our interview with Adam Baldwin. If you haven't heard our interview with Adam Baldwin, um, I'm not going to say stop watching and go listen, but listen immediately when this is over because it was a blast. And We interviewed we, Adam Baldwin. Yeah, Amazing. We, we would not have had that opportunity without Shepard Saxon. So... Thank you, Shepard Saxon. It, we'll never be able to say thank you enough, but we'll just we'll go by saying thank you every time we see your name anywhere. How about that? So um, beyond that, I did see Max in the chat. That is actually my younger brother. Welcome, younger brother. Thank you for being here. I am also seeing, speaking of family members, Jesse, which is Shepard Saxon's daughter. Watch me watch stuff in the chat. And I just, you guys, to have this many family members around us, like, you know, sharing their family time with us is, I think, probably my favorite part of doing this show. Um, it's it's just, it's like it increases the circle of our family ever wider, and it's it's kind of one of my favorite things. So uh, it sounds like Rona did try to persuade her son to come along this morning, but he's a slacker, and I guess that's okay. Um, 
to put that into context, what is it there, like 6 a.m., Rona? Because I know that it's like, I know it's like 4 a.m. where Callie is, so I don't, I don't, I don't remember what time it is where you are, but uh, I hope that you're not Some calling him a slacker kids. for not waking up at 2 in the morning. <laughs> I wouldn't get up at so, 6 a.m. to watch me. I wouldn't either. I don't even get up at 6 a.m. on days that I'm supposed to. Um, so before that's we go, normal wake up time. <laughs> it's that's my point. Is it's supposed to be my normal wake up time too? But it, it generally isn't. Oh, and hello to Kayliz. Kayliz is Callie D's sister. So we have a very big piece of Callie D's family here with us. And this show simply wouldn't be what it is without Callie D's clan. You guys, they they are supportive and effusive in their praise and their love and the way they share our links and stuff. And it's just. It's it's probably the coolest part of this whole thing for me is just to see, you know, not specifically only from them, but from everybody, just to see the way that we've been embraced by the brown coat community. So uh, before we go any further, Josh, Kylie and Ricky, did you guys have anybody you'd like to thank or say hello to or any general sentiments that aren't sad that you would like to get out of the way? Uh, I just appreciate everybody being here in the chat, uh, helping us with our Adam Baldwin interview. I just appreciate all of our brown coat family. So thank you guys. I uh, just, since this is the last uh, kind of wrap up episode, just kind of want to do another shout out to my friend, um, Dustin, very generic name, um, who really kind of tried to get me into Firefly a very long time ago. And now I feel like dumb and um, regretful and all sorts of different emotions. Um, so just a shout out to him, I mean, and everybody who's made me love Firefly. I'm not just a fan now, I'm like a super fan. So now I know everything, cool. the ins and outs, it's kind of cool. So Yeah, and I would echo that, but the guy that tried to get me to watch Firefly was Jesse. So I would like to give Jesse a <laughs> shout out for bringing us along this adventure. Um, it only took a whole podcast, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, I know. You tell you told me all the time, hey, man, you looking for something to watch? Watch Firefly. Yeah. Mm. Never did, never did. <laughs> but, man, you, w- you win this one, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> you win this round. <laughs> it's, well, I, I would like to say, on behalf of the people that have seen Firefly before and know the pain you are feeling, welcome. And we're happy to have you guys. We're we're glad to, to bring you into the, the circle of heartfelt passionate uh longing and despair and you know all of the positive and negative things that go hand in hand with this show i mean we've talked a lot about those positives and negatives over the course of the show but i feel like the movie really puts kind of an exclamation point on that um so i was thinking this week um that what we should do is instead of doing a synopsis, we should probably just let Josh and Kylie lead us through at their pace. But if you guys have anything else you'd like to get out of the way before we jump in, I think this is probably the time to do it. Oh, man, no. No, we got plenty of plugs for later. Yeah, for sure. so excited. Oh, they'll be coming. Um, just ch- check out the website. If you if you guys are only going to be in here for a little bit um, and not watch the whole show, go to twistmyarmpodcast.com. And uh, all the plugs will be there. <laughs> As will the show. You can watch You can watch the stream there. You can watch the videos. Yeah. You can listen to the old episodes. Everything is all in one place. Yeah. You can watch if, them again uh, and again and again. Yeah, if you go to actually twistmyarmpodcast.com slash live stream, this stream will be on there. 
what? Ooh. What we're moving on up in the world. It's 2021, <laughs> you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky D from um, Best Flicks with Ricky D. Do yeah, you have any nothing. corrections or anything or any? Uh, I'd like to correct Adam Baldwin from last week on a number of issues. Oh, yes, please. please. I'm Go on. Fine. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> oh. oh, I was like, oh, jeez. Hopefully he's listening right now. He's yeah. like, what, the, what do you mean? <laughs> Who is this kid? <laughs> uh, I would like to shout out Adam Baldwin, though. I didn't pay attention to to Jane more in any other episode than I did yeah. in the movie. I was like, yes. oh, my God, that's our best friend, Adam. Yeah. So. I was watching hand. all the special features and everything, and I was just yeah. deadlocked onto Jane. Like, yeah, that's my bud. Like, I know was exactly it weird? what he's like. Was it weird hearing his voice in the show after we had just had a conversation with him? Like, I, it was kind of weird to to hear his voice in the movie. So, the <laughs> I'm gonna jump slightly ahead, but um, the one of the notes that I made when Adam Baldwin's credit came up on the screen was, I know that guy. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, AB? Yeah, oh, oh, AB, he's tight. <laughs> I, I've met him. I know him. We were just chilling, you know, the other week, dude. <laughs> he cool. he was on my podcast with me and my friends, and it was insane. Um, <laughs> so that's, I yeah, so that being the one note that I feel like I could probably just, you know, insert anywhere. Um, I feel like, so, so normally what I do is I... I kind of, you know, I, I throw it to Ricky D and he guides us through the synopsis, but I'm just going to start with a question this time directed straight to you, Josh and Kylie. Okay. Okay. How did you feel about the movie version of the uh, opening narration? I liked the way they transitioned into it being... Um, a story ab- about it's like schooling you know it's like doing history like history class for river and her obnoxious little friend that was like oh yeah the reavers oh yeah they're all about <laughs> killing and raping and all that stuff like he was all into it yep. that little kid was creepy but for me i, I did like the uh, i did like how it kind of zoomed in this was um it was like it was joss whedon's first directorial movie I guess it was the first movie he ever made so um, I did like seeing the experimental Joss Whedon in a movie because a lot of the shots that are coming in and a lot of the in in and out shots that we see in this I feel like are used later on in, in his movies but it was pretty abundant in this what he was trying to do with like all the camera work and stuff um, yeah and and yeah the sorry I feel like the narration they like kind of zoomed in or like came down into the planet where the lady was talking and maybe mm-hmm. I'm remembering that wrong. But, no, it um, was it started out with like a double fake out kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They uh, started out with all the kids learning and talking and that kind of faded out into River and Simon. And then we faded out again to the operative and he was watching a video. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, yep. it was all it was all kind of bizarre. I do remember noting um, first thing that Simon looked like a really good bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> his hair was done, and you know his his uniform was on point, and I was just like, 
Oh my God, is that Simon? I mean, I know that Simon, but is that Simon? What's happening right here? He's At so first, different. I thought he was working on his sister too. Like I, I thought he I, was yeah. also a mad scientist. All these things happening through my mind. But um, I guess one of the th- another thing that I noticed is like the uh, but the colors were different. Um, mm. From the shots, as opposed to yep. the darker grayness of uh, the episodes of you know the season. So, so. I, I immediately noticed that, and it, it it called me back to Ariel, right? Because like everything was kind of blue and white and like very harsh. Um, if you have not played Sudden But Inevitable Bingo, you should go to Twitter and follow Kelly D and get your Sudden But Inevitable Bingo card because it is great fun and it is a companion to the <laughs> companion to the show. So it's I'm a, a dying definitely... to know more about this. Well, because if only you had a Twitter account. Oh, Let's wait a minute. On Twitter. You do have a Twitter account <laughs> at Miss My Armcast. I do, but I'm I'm a little I'm struggling. With She's learning. She's learning. Two good. things, you guys. Uh, very good point about the lighting, Kylie. But two things, Josh, the kid that you were mentioning that was very annoying. I could only see him as the kid that was messing with Grogu in the school in Mandalorian and wouldn't give him the cookies. I was like, oh. this kid is the same kid. Like, yeah. I hope that he, I, you know, I was kind of hoping that he would get choked a little bit like that kid did. But um, the other thing that's that funny. I, that's, that that's I, funny. That's, yeah, okay. <laughs> just immediately I was like, oh, it's the same kid. Like, um, but the other thing that I was wondering was, did you feel like it was cheap, the exposition of just going, you know, here's what happened in the future and this, that, and the other thing. But it sounds like you like the framing device of that, which I appreciate because I do too. Um, the other thing, though, there's a slight inconsistency here in the character, don't you think? Because Simon goes into this room and reads the heck out of it. He's like, I know exactly how to pretend to be what I'm not, and I know exactly yeah. how to speak. But then I thought to myself, it's a medical setting. Of course, he would know how to be deceptive in a medical mm. setting. He still has all the jargon that he can rely on and stay comfortable yep. with. And that's why he was able to. But man, that was pretty early superhero move, right? With the the staff into the ground. Like he had the, the drama yeah. of that movement down. It was it was very like area of effect spell in a video game style movement. And I just I wrote the first cool thing Simon gets to do is in the movie. Like that that's rough for Simon's character, but cool for us because we got to see it, I guess. What did you guys think about that escape? Or, you know, <sighs> the pieces of it that we saw? I was very impressed with Simon, I gotta say. Um, I guess I'm I wasn't um surprised because I feel like in a in a death life or death kind of situation like this was this was probably the most important moment of his entire life like he was not gonna screw that up um so i was again just kind of impressed with how he pulled it off don't know if i really saw that in him um but now that i see it you know it kind of makes sense kind of thing but it was good yeah it was it was interesting i feel like the movie kind of banked on people not watching the series the movie was like well that's why like, they canceled oh, it <laughs> oh you didn't watch the series oh so you don't know how big of a bitch simon is all right cool we'll make him a badass in this first scene here and and then like even continuing that aside from the epic breakout scene and seeing the cool like computer security footage that uh oh my goodness the this, operative 
the operative yeah i have another name for him though it is uh baron mordo that's that's yep. the actor's name in dr strange it's um, chiwetel 4 <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but baron here is watching this cool security footage once we get to the actual firefly once we get to serenity and start doing the camera movement through the ship which i thought was also awesome because we yeah, got that to was see a, a great full, shot we got to see a full version of the ship like see it from the you know the the hole all the way down to the the engine room down to storage I you're like looking for everything bow to stern <laughs> yeah. yeah and it was yeah. one long tracking shot too yeah that was one yep. of the great things is that it just uh i think it took an entire day to film just that like four minute segment but i bet I mean, they had to get everything perfect yeah um but just this whole intro it just seemed like the characters that we've watched for the last 14 episodes were not the same characters in the beginning of this. Yeah. To, to me, it's like they reset. Kinda, oh, he, it's like they reset nice, the development. Count. Like they, it's one they of my took favorite everybody, movies, Callie, by the way, <laughs> it's like they reset everybody's character development back to the first episode because they were assuming nobody had watched, which to be fair, the numbers told them nobody had watched, but I did notice that immediately. Like since we've just been doing that, like the rewatch where we go through it with a microscope, it felt immediately like a lot of restacking stuff for us, right? Like, okay, yeah. this is her brother. He, he said, remember I'm your brother. Like, and we know that he's doing that for a reason, but if you're coming in cold, it's like, wow, this is not, good dialogue like this is pretty mm -hmm. on the freaking nose and like a lot of telling without showing you know but like i think it, it's it sits in that gray space because they knew there would be people that were familiar with the characters like everyone in our chat for example jesse and Susie have been inside that ship how freaking cool is that like something funny so, <laughs> just read in the comments what's, what's up what's up with that <laughs> chuckles because Love Actually is one of my favorite yeah, movies. I just think it's funny that everybody knows how how sweet and um, you know emotional. Effeminate. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say sweet and emotional is the very nice way to say that. She, you could see hear her picking those words. She's like, he's such a girly sweet and emotional. She was like, it was right there. It's like her face was like, should I? No, I shouldn't. Like, <laughs> he reminds me of a prepubescent boy. <laughs> and Is I that can't why even you like him I was so watching, much, Ricky I was watching, D? Oh, I was watching Star Wars Rebels last night and crying a little bit. So, like, I, all right, I, uh, I get it. I, I'm, I'm a Shepard Rosie path. I, I suck it. Shepard Rosie made it, you guys, and you would, Josh. You'd Yay! be on the bridge of the. You'd be on the bridge of the Enterprise, going. I can't read him. I don't know. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I, we have to say we are very happy that Rosie is here. Rosie is another one of our shepherds of shine. She has been kind of our fiercest warrior on the front lines from day one. You guys, she's like. Yeah, I have so something if you're, for this. Rosie. <laughs> if you're on Twitter and you ask for podcast recommendations, then you know Rosie because Rosie is on that and she's recommending us, and it's like. It's it's the coolest thing ever, you guys. Like half my tags are Rosie going, You should really listen to Sudden But Inevitable because it's great. And it's it's I again, thank you everybody in the chat. Each and every one of you has done something amazing and special and personally touching to us. So thank you all again for being here. And I am so excited to have 
most of our shepherds in one place, you guys. This is, it's almost like a little shepherd con. Um, <laughs> but back to the movie Serenity yeah. that we were watching. So how did you guys feel about that title reveal, though? Did you, like, I I really appreciated that. To, to, to have them show Serenity and then have it pull back and that's because it's painted on the whole, oh, like, the by yeah. hand. Like, I just, I loved that moment. Like, uh, If we're going to talk about, like, logo reveals, how about the beginning when it did the Universal Studios in front of planet Earth and then it, like, zoomed past where it said mm, Universal yeah. Studios and it went down on the planet? That was awesome, too. Yeah. That has to be one of the kind of first times that they did that because you didn't, you don't see that very much in the older movies. Did they do um, that in Armageddon? In the newer movies. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to go watch it again and cry. Is that a Universal movie? <laughs> that movie shouldn't make you cry, Josh. That movie sucks. What? Oh, gosh. Did wow, I cry okay. at that one. All right, fine. Well, he does cry at, like, everything, but I cry at that one, too. So <laughs> I'm the guy that cries at Sarah McLaughlin commercials, so I have to change the channel every time. <laughs> in the arms of an angel. I do gotta say, at this one, I think I cried more at this movie than Josh. I did. didn't cry once oh, I in this movie. I was cried. fueled with anger and rage by <laughs> the cried. end of this Let movie. Let it flow so. through you. Yeah. Well, um, but that's no, understandable. I, um. The the walk through the entire ship is one of my favorite scenes of the of the whole thing. But my next thing in my notes is so like did Mal forget the entire season they went through with Simon? Why is he so sour? Like he was so sour towards Simon. It was he, weird. I would like the first cu- couple minutes of the movie. It was like they had no idea who each other were. Right. And then like you know you get you know twenty minutes into the movie and then it's like. And there's We're one one piece of dialogue where he's like, "You've been on the ship for eight months," and blah blah blah, and then they zip right past it. Yeah, yeah, like, it was it was bizarre. You're like, wait, so to someone so, that's new to this, you think, oh, they just met, they just escaped and got onto Mal's ship, but then all of a sudden Mal's like, "Yeah, you've been with us for eight months." Yeah. But if you look at it as the context of the situation, right? Mal is going. Because they're restacking the whole thing for us, like I said, right? He's going, hey, you've been here. You've been patching people up. That's great. I really appreciate that. And he's like, yeah, and the stuff that I fix is where you want to take my sister. So really, it's just them giving us a, this is the only time Simon puts his foot down moment, right? Like, this is when Simon is assertive is when his sister is in danger or he thinks she's in danger. That's when Simon is assertive. And maybe it was more of... Of Simon's acting, whoever that actor is, um, because Sean I feel Mark. like he was a little different in this compared to the show, like a little bit better of an actor than he was. I mean, this was three years after Firefly had ended, which would probably be four years after filming, which gives him plenty of time to do other projects and bolster his acting knowledge or whatever. Miss. But <laughs> I, I just feel like. <laughs> I don't know. He was just a little. He was a little different at first. I mean, obviously, everything comes comes back, and you kind of except for Shepard, he was skinny AF. But everything kind of <laughs> comes back around, and you the crew kind of likes each other. You know, it, yeah. I don't I don't, know, it didn't it, have the same feeling as the as the series, I guess, as right. far as like a family aspect. It didn't have that same kind of. Because, well, and those two characters are the newest members of the family, right? Even in the series. But it's, I think it is specifically meant to show you, like, 
this is Mal's family, and right now, even if like even if Mal considers them family, right, which he doesn't, but even if those of us who've watched the show know that he does, that doesn't necessarily mean that Simon and River consider them family, or that Simon feels comfortable with considering them family, right? So, but the weird thing is that they kind of play both sides of it because they also, I feel like Simon wouldn't stand up that. Uh, staunchly to Mal unless he were a little more comfortable with him like so at this point now we all know okay Simon has seen him not kill Jane for betraying them we've seen him you know try to do right all the time so Simon knows well enough that if he tells Mal you know I'm putting my foot down Mal's not going to kill him Mal will threaten to kill him but he he's pretty comfortable thinking you know Mal's not going to kill me but he also forgot that if you threaten Mal's command of the ship then that's a problem and i feel like what you're what you guys are feeling is or what you're feeling josh is that didn't simon already learn this lesson like why are we feeling this again but i think it is because of the restacking like they have to show everybody that didn't watch the series in a row for a podcast okay here's who these characters are here's what they're doing you know this that and the other thing so yeah. i definitely see where you're coming from my guess is that it was like an attempt to cram a lot of development into not very much time, you know, the, because the movie, I mean, it kind of paces that way, right? Like the first half is a lot of exposition and learning and setup. And then of course the second act is much more, you know, uh, action oriented. So it's like, you know, if you were to break it in half, you would go learning here and doing stuff here basically, you know? So it's, it, it is a weird thing to have to like, relearn quote unquote all that stuff because it's like dude we know all that stuff like just right. just give it to us like just go and, and go I to gotta remember now. too that this was again three years after the series ended so it's probably another refresher for people that had watched the series once was it four years it's three or four uh, yeah but either way it could be a refresher for people that hadn't had access to the series or something um, but even like Simon and Kaylee's dynamic at the very beginning was a little like, I mean, of course, by the end of the last episode, they weren't like all smiles and roses or anything. But in this one, it was more like when they, I mean, in my note, it says, whoa, why Kaylee, Simon, what? Like, it just, uh, it just seemed like such a, a forced Kaylee has a crush on Simon and Simon doesn't know it kind of thing when in actuality they made out in a freaking bar the four line. episodes ago and like yeah yeah <laughs> that line of not that you would spit and then like the very clumsy like flute like da -da -da -da, like that was poorly done i'm gonna just say that that was poorly done like it was very heavy-handed and ham-fisted for kind of no reason like it kind of felt like they were trying to shove the entire shindig episode into one line yeah, and Jewel State is a good enough actress that she could just convey that without having to say, also, I secretly like you. Like, it would have been fine if she just looked at him. We didn't need the flutes, even. She she was good enough. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just, it, it, was, it was one of those things. Rosie says, Firefly aired in 2002. Serenity filmed June to August of so, 2004. Yeah. But didn't it release in 2006, Rosie? Or was it oh. 2005? It was 2005, 2005. according to IMDb. Yeah. There we go. Earthing. 2005. So three years. Yeah. 
Yep. So it's just it's like enough time to forget yeah, a so series, especially with all the Fox series that got canceled within those three years. <laughs> well, and it makes you wonder. Like, I mean, I guess it doesn't make you wonder because we know the answer to it. Like, were most of the people that saw this movie already Firefly fans? Probably. Yeah. Like, I really yeah. doubt this movie brought in a ton of new people to the series. But I have heard from a lot of people that are like, oh, I saw the movie first and then watched the series. But that doesn't mean that they went to the theater because they're like, there's some movie called Serenity that I want to see. It just means they saw Serenity at some point in their life and were like, oh, I wish there was more of that. And somebody went, well, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, but I do, I, the whole clumsy, you know, walk us back through the development thing aside, I do feel like they go pretty quickly from that to giving the fans that have already seen it their like snippets, right? Like, okay, here's your moment of Jane. Here's your moment of the doctor. Here's your moment of river. Like right. they're still the same characters. Everything's fine. We just had to tell that for the new people. Like the movie almost tells you in itself, like, Hey, this is just for the new people. Okay. Now everybody's up to speed enough. Let's do the part for the rest of you. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess, I guess that makes sense. Um, also, like, uh, I don't know. The, so we go from the intro, obviously, on the ship, and they get, what, the weird job where they're going to rob the people, right? Everybody that's in church. Is that, yeah. Well, they're robbing, and, so they're robbing the, like, bank that, deals with the alliance bank or something so that it's like okay. we're stealing money we're stealing money from somebody who's supposed to be hoarding other people's money or something it wasn't stealing from those people which is why the guy let him in he was like dude brown coats yes right um but this is <laughs> i wrote in my in my notes okay so river just knows how to psychic now like i don't <laughs> i don't remember having those reader. abilities by episode 14 of Firefly, the t- television series I that aired know. in 2002. I feel like they totally alluded to that. Yeah, but they not that alluded extent. to it, but she wasn't a master of her abilities yeah. by yeah. any means at that point. Sure. Oh, sure. for sure, yeah. I don't but, know. I, I feel mean, like it's... things escalated pretty quickly throughout the series, though, too. Things well, right. continued so... to escalate quickly. <laughs> so right. I think You're that... Right. I think it's... For me, I think it's kind of implied that when the operative activated her, he kind of increased her, like he unlocked another tier of control in her, right? Like, because before she was never fully either peop- either person. She was never ever fully river or fully like crazy river, right? Because she was always back and forth and it was moment to moment and you could never tell and you couldn't count on it. And that's why they're nervous when they bring her with because they're like, we don't know if we can count on this. But then she crushes it and they're like, oh, that was, that was new. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and they, you know, they, so, but they'd had several moments. I mean, they've had a, they had the guy call her a witch. He said she reads minds and, you know, so Simon knows that she can do that. Like, Jane knows she can do that because she did it to him on Ariel. She did it to him again later when she was saying, you know, basically that's how Simon knows that Jane betrayed them is because River told him. And yeah. she knows because she she's just, just knows. She's just making it more apparent. And I'd like to refer to her f- as Normal River and Raging River, if we could. Please. Nice. <laughs> we See, I was thinking I like to call Crazy um, River Miranda. Oh, I like to call her the, I like to call her the river soldier, but it doesn't quite (laughs) Uh, rhyme with winter. Yeah, it's funny because I did write some sort of winter soldier note down here. uh, (laughs) I wrote seventeen sunset 
MKUltra is not a new homecoming. topic. Yeah, <laughs> homecoming. I can, I can only remember those two. Um, but yeah, so I, it, I was gonna it, go look that up and just read the, all those lines. But yeah, you know, yes, she. You're right, Kylie. She got Manchurian candidated. Candidated. She got Manchurianized. <laughs> Anyways, Manchurianized. Um, I like that. <laughs> she. I. But I feel like in the show, right? The show would go, hey, let's drag out what she's capable of until like a huge like cliffhanger season ender episode and then we'll have her like melt somebody's brain, right? And then they were like, oh, we can't do that. And this is probably the last shot we have at it. So F it, like go. But I feel like he unlocked another tier of what she was capable of on accident when he unlocked her memory of Miranda because it sh- her first flashback, right, was to the school. So it's like- why is River having a sudden, very clear flashback to the school? All we've seen up to this point is like her being kind of afraid of doctors and like closed spaces. We've never seen her talk about like being at school or the other kids just laying down, like none of that stuff, right? Because again, she wasn't there for that. Like, <laughs> and I can, I think I've got some more evidence for you because in that first bank heist, she was really just a warning system. But later on, when she saw that commercial, that's when she got her yeah. killer ninja moves. So I oh, think she you're got onto something. Winter soldiered, river soldiered, river soldiered. Flip the yeah. flip switch was flipped. <laughs> well, um, and she had some she had some real uh, lore vibes in this scene. That's for you, Cameron from Green Shirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation. Data has an <laughs> evil brother named Lore, who is like the opposite of Data. Data's emotionless and cold and, you know, very professional. And his evil brother is like a scene-chewing, mustache-twirling, old-school 1930s cartoon I love evil Data. He's he's my favorite. Great. (laughs) Lore is great. And Brent Spiner playing against Brent Spiner is something that I am never going to poo-poo. I'm not doing that. What I'm saying is there's definitely some similar vibes here where once River has been, once her, you know, switch has been flipped she goes into head tilt mode let my hair hang out of in front of my face mode like she's very like yeah like ring style like chick from the ring yeah. coming after and you she's, like from the well and she's just like I know everything to do I'm gonna lock down the ship I'm gonna knock everybody in this room out I'm gonna like she just knows how to operate immediately and we've never seen her do that before because the last time she was stuck in a ship and there was a problem, she was like, oh, just I'll leave to go to the other ship. So it, it might <laughs> yeah. all fit, right? Like it might fit that he accidentally made her uh, more of a threat than she was previously. So. Yeah. Um, um, I, 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 my next My next piece of notes, though, is, and I quote, fucking finally Reavers. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my five bullet points that was uh, checked off. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they are just as terrifying and uh, nightmare fueling as everyone said they were. And I was stoked about it. Um, I, I liked their introduction. I like how crazy they were. And I love when Jane says, bet you wish you had some grenades right about now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jane was right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I do. This is really cool. We just found this out right before we started. Uh, w- went live. Um, did you know that Dennis oh, from yeah. Always Sunny in Philadelphia was the guy that Mal shot? That he pushed off the. He pushed ship. off, and then he really? shot him. Yes, it's fucking him. Dennis. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Look at Ricky's face. Ricky's like, yeah. I'm 
going to go watch all of it sunny in Philadelphia and then Serenity again. <laughs> like, we just like, yeah, we just like YouTube the scene and you're like, <gasps> my mouth was like yeah. hanging the whole time, man. He's, it's totally him. <laughs> he's listed in here. Uh, Glenn Howerton is listed as... Oh my goodness, where is it? He's way, way, way down. Right at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, it was uh, Lilac Tough Guy or something L- Lilac, like that. Lilac something, Lilac yeah. Tough Guy. <laughs> um, I was... I liked, though, that the twin brothers... Oh. I, I'm just laughing at myself. Mingo and Fanti are played by brothers, and I'm like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lilac Young Tough is his name. Nice. To, uh, to Lilac. Yeah. That's what we're going to name that's, our son. We have our son, that's Lilac. That's basically... Lilac Jane. Naming, well, that's like basically naming your character uh, Tough Talking Pansy, right? Like, that's <laughs> kind of flower. Yeah, dude. And, uh, like, flower. I don't know if you knew that. I did know that's that. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. Ricky D. Yeah, I was watching a lot of the special features, and Joss Whedon kind of got on a rant a, a bit, and he's like, you know, if you're going to be making a space movie in the future... You have to have a hovercraft scene. There has to be a hovercraft Absolutely. chase. Yeah. And that was an epic hovercraft chase. Um, I loved all the different ships in this, and especially all the different reaver ships. And then watching yeah. the reaver ship chase after the uh, the land speeder. Well, the, the giant land speeder, I the guess. Mule. Mule, okay, yeah. Um, but that whole scene was cool. Um, a little bit of foreshadowing, too, with the... Uh, with the harpoon that goes through Jane's leg um, just for later on. But I, I was, I was, I was scared. I was scared for Jane right there. I was like, Oh my God, my, my boy, that's his leg. But it didn't matter because dude just stood up and he's still just shooting. And then like, (laughs) he got a harpoon through his leg and was just, Running around the rest of the movie. That's amazing. Simon's a good doctor. <laughs> yeah, Simon fixed him up and put him on pain meds and gave him some adrenaline shots. But yeah, yeah. it was okay. The thing about it was like when he screams, "If they take me, you shoot me." Yeah, he's yeah, not even like, like that. He's, he's got not no hesitation. Yeah, he he says it to him oh, like, yeah. "I need to know, like right now, dude." Yeah. Like, and it was, yeah, it was a very effective moment. Uh, I, I appreciated that. Um, and I, I agree that it was some foreshadowing, but the foreshadowing gets even heavier later. Um, so yeah. that just really quickly back to that um, that scene where River is the early warning system, right? I love the moment when she like nods her head toward the guy and Zoe's like, this guy? Oh, she yeah. She gives her a face. Yeah, now, like, what? Why does River give her that ultra confident, yeah, face? Why does she do that? Uh, it's because <laughs> she is wildly lucid, but everybody still kind of treats her like a crazy person. Yeah. So she's got this thing like, yes, I know what I'm doing. I am Just lucid. I'm reading his mind. Don't question me. I felt like it was her reflection of Zoe's confidence because that's how Zoe looked at her, but it, but backwards. Zoe was like, yeah. I thought it was a she mirror was like, too. It yeah. was like, like... Because, because yeah. yeah, we've seen River immediately mirror people's you know emotions and ways of you know talking or thinking that kind of thing. But yeah, I think actually to your point, Ricky D, I think that was probably more what was intended. Um, and we're just 
like I said, we've been watching the show through this this ultra thick lens where we're like, okay, what does every little thing mean, you know? And we know that everything that was in the movie was in the movie for a reason, but it's like, you know, some of it was, some of it is, it looks like that because they were shooting a movie, right? Like, it's yeah. it's always going to be that way, so... Um, yeah. but I, I just, I really liked, I liked that moment and I feel like part of the nice thing about it is that we can read it both ways. Um, so Josh, you were talking about Shepard book looking real skinny, which is, I mean, the man was very, very was thin, he, right? <laughs> yeah. Was he going through some things? I don't Do actually know. I don't, yeah, I don't uh, think so. I don't want to speak on it because I'm not sure. Um, but okay. it's, okay. I mean, he was still, I mean, he was old when the show started, right? Like, mm-hmm. so right. it just to see age catch up to some people sometimes really hurts. But um, yeah. I really love that discussion between him and Mal because we kind of don't get that discussion in the series. Like, we get the hints at that discussion, right? But then, mm-hmm. you know, for Mal, you know, just telling him, that's a long wait for a train don't come, you know, and Book is like, not shaken by any of Mal's flippancy or sarcasm. He's like, yep, I know. This is going to come down to belief. And, you know, that's that's kind of the point. And it still ends up doing that. So it's it was a great moment, I thought. And I, I do kind of wonder, do you guys... I don't know if it's established anywhere. I don't think it was in the movie because I also just watched it. But do you know if it's established anywhere, Ricky D, how long it's been since... Uh, Inara left or since they dropped book at Haven? I feel like it can't be that long because if Simon's only been on the ship for eight months, yeah, uh, it can't be that big of a gap, I don't think. That's and true. the series only covers like a month and a half or, or uh, probably four or five months, right? Because there was one thing where they were saying like we've been flying for 90 days or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of it, iffy on the timeline. It feels like this may have happened almost right after the last episode or like this would have been the first, you know, the structure of the first episode of season two or the, the arc of season two, maybe. Um, and we'll get into some speculation as we go, because there's a lot of fun speculation, but, um, it is still consistent with the show that they know Inara's call is a trap and they go in anyway. Right. They've done that plenty of times where they're like, well, this is bad. That was all right. Let's go. That was a very (laughs) serialized line right there. Like, yeah. I feel like that was kind of where they put in the episode. You know what I mean? Like, if that was going to be an episode of TV, that was going to be it. Yeah. Ricky D, go ahead. I just want to make sure we don't go past that barn swallow scene. Uh, Wash, mm-hmm. he did his crazy Ivan at the beginning of the series, and now we get in here, and he's back into doing his cool flying moves with the barn swallow. Uh, they drag a reaver in with them on accident. River swallows a bug. Here's a question. Oh, yeah. Um, you'll notice both times, I think the first time he says crazy Ivan, he says that to Zoe. And in this, when he says, let's try a barn swallow, he says it to Zoe. So like, do you think that they like practice these maneuvers? If you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like it kind of seemed to allude that they had talked about this before. Oh, my crazy plan. Ricky D, I don't think Kylie is coming with. Josh, no, did you come uh, with? We be, we being dirty. I did, and I believe that that is exactly the case. I felt like that's what they were trying to intone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're doing like, the crazy yeah. Ivan. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. for him and to she's be like, like, oh, that's Zoe, the one where you Barnswell. do that. She's like, uh, mm-hmm. she's like, and then you turn around, and then I'm okay. All right, yeah, because the because they got to go through wow. the back of the ship, but while they're both moving, right? So like, mm-hmm. maybe there's a treadmill involved. I don't. I was just. I thought maybe it was a fun shorthand. Some uh, kind of anti gravity. What is the name of the guy that plays Wash? I can never remember his name. It's uh, Al Alan Threedick. There we go. Thank you. I can never remember. I know Adam Baldwin. Adam Baldwin, I'll never forget. But Alan oh, Tudyk. Oh, just, yeah, AB. He's tight. I can almost never remember that one. But yeah, yeah. My brother. He's says, got one of those my, names. My real, my real life brother says, "Ah, geez, LOL." Welcome to the show, Max. This is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, Ricky, do you're right to bring up the barn swallow and the bug swallow as well in the same scene. Um, so, let's see. Oh my gosh, you guys, I have so many notes for this. I have to scroll a long way to find where we are. Okay, Ricky D, I totally forgot about Mr. Universe. Um, was that just me? Did you forget about Mr. Universe? No. In fact, if you look at my name on the chat, Mr. or the altruistic pervert, that's what yeah. I've been calling him. But yeah, I definitely oh. remember Mr. Universe and his little love doll and uh, like the Mal. Oh, guy you- killed me, Mal. Are, are you talking about Bernard from the Santa Claus? That guy was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of those things where I was like, I don't know how I feel about this elf owning a sex bot. Like, <laughs> because, because I mean, really, that's he built all it. that guy He is. built it in Santa's workshop. That's that, that was his retirement gift. His <laughs> retirement gift to himself was a sex bot. And then when he left Santa's workshop, he took that and, and went and worked with, you know, the Firefly yeah. crew <laughs> was a love bot, not a sex bot. Oh, sorry, a love bot. Think... My bad. My bad. Uh, they were Cal- married. AB A B is short for Adam Baldwin. The O B is short for the old boards, which is where Shepard Saxon and Rosie got in touch with cast and crew members of the show Firefly as it was running. A B Adam Baldwin. If you'd like to hear A B say A B out, you should go listen to our interview with Jane Cobb, Mr. Adam Baldwin himself. And it's called Jane's Pod. So uh, go listen to that. So <laughs> I the next the next uh, note that I had was uh, specifically about the crybabies. Um, I wrote crybabies for the win because the whole time that Mal and the operative are confronting each other in Inara's little sanctuary, I didn't take a single note. I couldn't do it. I was just wrapped to the screen like I, I could not look away i was just fully immersed so do you guys have any notes about mal and the operatives first encounter ricky d let's start with you uh i actually have notes on a deleted scene from the companion uh the companion training grounds and it's not even a deleted scene it was just a, something that was written down and never made it into the movie mm-hmm. but inara actually was written a scene where she's practicing archery with that bow that shows up out of nowhere <laughs> yeah so that's there's a little bit of a backstory to that uh that weird laser bow she was using i think they called it a bolt caster i didn't think it was that weird that's a very did. classy oh, a thing to do is bolt archery. caster yeah yeah i agree huh that sounds very reminiscent of a bow caster just throw that out there. yeah th- so there was a lot of stuff in this movie where I was like, I wonder if this guy ever watched Star Wars as a kid. But yeah, anyways, there were some names ahead, in this Ricky. movie that I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, hello, I bet Jesse hello loves to that Roy, name. the intrepid DM, hello. 
from the Twist My Arm Network. Thank you for being here, Intrepid DM. And hello to Calvadrin. That is a very cool name. Thank you for being here, Calvadrin. Intrepid DM and Calvadrin are joining us on Twitch. If you want to watch the show on Twitch, you can go to twitch.tv slash TMA Games. Or you can go to Facebook.com slash Twist My Arm Podcast. Or you can go to YouTube.com slash a bunch of numbers and letters because we haven't gotten our custom URL yet. But we're working on it, you guys. Just just, just keep your eyes open because it's going to happen. So there's a lot of ways to watch the Sudden But Inevitable rewatch. And we are so glad that you have chosen to because without that, you know, why would we do it? So uh, I would I do like have to talk about this though, scene, though. Yes, for, yes, Josh. For this scene. Um, Josh, my, please. My first note is, and this is Kylie brought this thing up. <laughs> I was like, "This assassin is no joke." While while Kylie's over there going, "Another paralyzer." Oh my god! <laughs> is anybody? Does everybody know what that's from? No. <laughs> no kung pao, dude. Yeah. Another oh. paralyzer. And so yeah, so when he was doing that, like that's oh god. Okay. If you don't know the reference, you don't know the reference. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I I died. I laughed pretty hard when she said that because it's it like Kung Pao and Firefly in the same. That'd be awesome. <laughs> and, and I imagine this guy as Betty, you know, coming in. Mal, yes, I have come for you. My name is Betty. <laughs> we gotta watch Kung I'm, Pao. <laughs> I'm really glad they didn't name him Betty that would have been pretty awful I'm glad that they chose to just like not give him a name um, and I have one more note that was just like Thanos always aim for the head Mal damn how you're not gonna aim for the head with this guy like of course yeah. he's wearing body armor dude dude <laughs> I really love his so reaction that, those to are my notes of him being like He's like, oh, good. And then he shoots him, and then he <laughs> waits to give him his comeback line, which is, I am, however, not a moron. Like, <laughs> he's like offended that he thinks that he could just shoot him in the chest and be done with it. Like, come on, man, what am I? Like, so at the, in this yeah. scene, I wrote down, this guy is the true anti Mal, and Jubal Early from Objects in Space was a pretender yeah. because this okay. guy is the guy who actually matches Mal's level of conviction when it comes to, I hate the Alliance, you know, I do this, I do that. So it's just like, for this guy to show up and be Mal's foil is like, I I feel like this is the only kind of villain that would work for this, right? Somebody who is actually better at being a space guy than Mal is, but that can go up against Mal in a way that um, makes it so that the only thing that can save Mal is the essence of Mal, which is his luck. His luck is what saves him, and his history, his past, his dedication is what saves him, right? Because had he not been fighting the Alliance, he still would have had that nerve cluster, and he still would have been paralyzed. So I just, yeah, it's... I, I really love this character. I kind of wish that it had been Jubal early just for the sake of consistency, but I totally understand why it wasn't, right? Because that character does not stand up to this character. Like, almost to the point where you wonder, was that character a first draft for this character? Or maybe that character, like, went to the same assassin school and just hadn't graduated yet as this guy or something? Like, I don't know. I just... I, I But I love... 
Chiwetel Ejiofor, Ejiofor, I'm not sure how to say his name, and I apologize, but I love him in this movie. I love him in everything I've ever seen him in. Like you were mentioning, Josh, the uh, uh, his turn as Mordo in Doctor Strange was great. So I just, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I, I love, love that actor, and he does a very good job, in my opinion, in this movie. Uh, what did you guys think overall of his his performance of the operative uh i kylie what did you think um <laughs> convincing intense um intelligent i thought that uh he definitely like you mentioned was definitely um battle of wits with mal kind of thing um i guess i don't know i i don't want to say that i'm just i'm i'm either disappointed that he wasn't as badass as I thought, or Mal is way more badass than I thought because Mal bested him in a lot of different, um, you know, milestones, and it kind of it was kind of impressive. But yet, I was confused. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I thought that I, I honestly kind of thought this guy was going to be a little bit more badass. Well, I think Just we, saying. I think we got the best of Mal and his wit in this. Film. Yeah, like he had to he had to dig deep inside himself to like to really get a plan together to get rid of this guy. And he fought him to the very end and he got super lucky. Yeah. The shrapnel thing in his side is obviously, <laughs> what do they call those? Um, in, uh, in movies, they not, not tropes, but the, um, it's like a the say it saves the movie like this little thing saves the characters or something. Oh, the, Deus God, Deus that? Ex Machina. Yes, the shrapnel in Mal's side is like the most glaring ex machina of cool. any movie I've ever watched. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I've I've seen much worse than that, and specifically because Mal's history is meant to be like the essence of the rebels, right? The rebellion, but not only that. Book told him the first time he was talking to him, he's going to come at you sideways. And so it's like, he did do that. He came at him from the side, right? (laughs) So, and here's the thing is like, I I get what you mean. Like, as far as that being kind of like, oh, this is a chance thing we're supposed to just assume. But like, I don't know. It's for me, it didn't feel out of place because Mal is a supremely lucky character and he knows that luck is what gets him through a lot of stuff. So he usually luck is part of his plan like 90% yeah. of the time. So I feel like it still fits despite being kind of a an easy out so to speak, right? But it's like the other thing that is consistent there is that Mal um has been shown to really be able to take a beating, right? Like because he got tortured the heck out of. See, there you go, brother. Perhaps Book trained the operative guy. He did know he was an operative, so maybe he has trained operatives or knew something about operatives. So maybe he was like, they're sending a guy whose favorite thing to do is this really cool paralyzer technique that they teach only in operative school that I learned you know, back in my past. But that's a good point. I, I hadn't considered that. But I feel like because it fits with the rest of the show, it didn't really bump me i guess like and and the like i was saying we saw mal get tortured literally to death and then come back and be all right and full of wrath and one-liners so 
if all he needs to do is get this operative close enough to be able to really stick him, then all he needs to do is take a beating. And he does proceed to do that. To your point, he gets his ass kicked. Like, he wins, but Mal isn't, like, standing over him in triumph, like, totally, you know, no bruises. Like, ha, I tricked you. It's like, I know I got lucky, and you're not going to get lucky, so. <laughs> yeah. I, and I don't know. I guess since we've watched the whole series, again, a newcomer coming into this movie, like, you know, a friend takes takes a friend to a movie that's never seen it, and they're going to walk out like, R- really? That's how that guy survived was a piece of shrapnel on his side? I remember what I I saw this before I saw any of Firefly and I saw it in theaters and I walked out with a lot of questions. There were certain (laughs) people in the audience who were like, that was amazing. That was great. And I'm sure they were the prior Firefly fans. But as somebody who was fresh on the series, I had a lot of questions walking out of it. I think like not in a in a I don't know what the word is. I'm not mad at the movie, but like if that was your only experience, I feel like it did you a disservice. Like there's some there's some stuff about it that's like if a couple of things could have been smoothed out, you know, or like I don't know, maybe not so directly pointed at and it would have been a little better. But I I I don't think we can talk about this movie without talking about the place it was written from. Um or, or, you know, how it was born. Like, we're going to tell people, hey, if the movie makes enough money, maybe we'll get another movie and this, that, and the other thing. And like Rosie was saying in the chat earlier, they had used a bunch of brown coats for viral marketing. Hey, go tell your friends, bring them to the movie, you know. And then they did these pre-screenings of the movie for brown coats that were free with the cast and the crew and stuff. And it was like, so there is this argument out there that they showed the movie to most of the people that wanted to see it for free several times. So by the time the movie was in the theater, are those people going to like some of those people will go back. Right. But how many people are going to go pay again to see it and stuff? And and like even when we were talking to Adam, you know, he says maybe uh, if it had made a little bit more money, you know, this side of the other thing. And it's like, I, I don't know, though, because it, it still feels like it was written from the place of somebody going, fine, if you're going to cancel my show, I'm going to cancel your freaking verse like there's some parts of it that feel like they were written out of spite to me. They feel that way. And I don't, and and Rosie, Rosie's clarifying they paid for the screenings. I don't mean to like act like you got some kind of handout, Rosie. Um, but it was one of those things where they put up tickets and they were immediately gone, right? So I just, it's it's like, I don't know. It feels like he wrote some of the stuff that he wrote into this movie because he was mad that his show got canceled, which I understand, but like, it still feels like he was swiping at fans because like those are the only people the executives aren't going to go watch this movie and go oh you guys we really screwed up right so it's like you're only the only people you're swiping at here are the people that care about it and it felt there were a couple points to me that felt kind of pokey but i don't know if you guys picked up on any of that maybe it was just me i i did pick up on that um and it's i mean (laughs) I would I would agree. It seemed like a, a petulant child that was upset that his toy got taken away, and so he just burned the whole fucking house down. And I don't know. That's that's kind of how how I felt like with the way that he, like you said, treated a lot of the characters and stuff. It was just like, come on, man, he didn't have to do us like that. But 
I don't know. That that's that's where I'm at. Well, what do you did you see anything like that, Kylie? I ge- I guess I didn't know. No. No. Um. I don't usually see those kinds yeah. of things, though. Maybe uh, a little bit over my head. M- maybe it's the I don't know. I think that stupid Vulcan collar that Zoe was wearing at the end too was a nice swipe it. I did some notice fans. that her her <laughs> attire was quite um she, Star Trekky. It was cute. <laughs> she was heading to Planet Vulcan for sure. Like. I like that did she you was. See that in, collar? Um, <laughs> yes, but I liked that she was in white. Uh, we we've spoken actually. I don't think it was on our show, um, but in in some of the current Eastern cultures on Earth, that is white is the color for mourning and death. So in the Firefly verse, where the Eastern and Western cultures have mixed, it's nice to see that kind of you know persevere you know to stick through to that and it's kind of her dress to me definitely looked like it could have also been a wedding dress and maybe it was meant to be her wedding dress um but it has that that sort of double thing going on there it's very lacy and flowy but white is is the morning um so i did I, like, I did like uh and, and I, I really liked just to kind of go in a little bit into just parts of the movie but we got a little insight on the chinese part of the verse Mandarin part of the verse where they go down to that city and like it's all in you know Chinese writing and and everyone's speaking Mandarin or Chinese I don't even know what language I think it's Mandarin right um but I thought that was a pretty cool like look into the verse at not just the primarily English speaking characters but then you got to see all the other parts of the verse that you know yeah, I like felt it. like in the Firefly show, there were just whispers of the Eastern culture. You had to really search for and grab them and pluck them out. But they did yeah. a much better job in Serenity of making this interesting merged American-Chinese future, which was really kind of cool. I, I think they did a better job of it in Serenity. I would agree with that. 100%. Yeah. Um, man, I don't know. This, this movie just has so many things. Like, sometimes... I think the series would have been better with another season instead of a movie. Like after, after watching this now, I feel like they could have done a much better job. If, you know, even if, if Whedon wanted to be a child about it, he still could have, you know, made a a season over it instead of a freaking awful. I don't know. This movie has me going in so many different, directions right now i can't even like think straight but let's just uh get to the elephant in the room uh they killed my boy and i want to tell you right now i was not sad i was angry i was angry and not angry at the reavers i was angry at the writers because why I know we're I know we're skipping ahead but it's on my mind and we got to talk about it why would you kill wash why? With Impromptu Game Plan, podcast that explores the career stories of people like you. Seriously? <laughs> You're sneaking around your neighborhood wearing black clothes, surreptitiously planting plants in other people's gardens? Ninja. We talk to people who've made career adjustments and pivots to create more meaningful careers for themselves. If you dream of having a career that really speaks to your strengths, aligns to your passions and your values this is the podcast for you i know i meant that you're just you would i know that you would prefer that i go into a career where i can probably make money and support myself and yes that's 
Let's stop there. Where you can support yourself. <laughs> yes, your father and I would like you to eventually be able to support yourself. You can find us on Twitter at Impromptu Game, on our website, theimpromptugameplan.com, and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that actually reminds me of something. Josh, Kylie, do you know how Reavers clean their spears? They run them through the wash. I let you go for so long on that, Ricky D. I was like, he's going to do it at the end of this series, and I can't wait to be there for it, but it's going to feel so mean. But Josh and Kylie, to be fair, Ricky D has just exposed you to the line that, like, in that was the, the joke on the, that you, he wanted to say. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, and on the and on the internet, on the internet, that's like the line that fans use as like a galvanizing, like we still lived through this thing. Like <laughs> they say it to each other once they've experienced the whole thing, right? Like they they do the uh, it, it's like the shared pain coda almost for the show. So Dude. you have been initiated once again here's my thing about that so well hang on and i i want to i want to go because rosie says alan didn't sign on for the three years i get that but i mean they weren't going to make the last two movies anyway or or another season so why would you end it on on such a a terrible like kill simon don't kill wash (laughs) get rid of that little twerp like you could find another doctor somewhere like why why would you oh man the best character too and like i get it it was for shock value it was for surprise it was an f you to the fans basically like oh you like this guy well i'm just gonna kill him i'm not gonna get my show anymore anyway so you guys can all just suffer with me and that to your point jesse is basically what i'm making here and I, i just i was so upset about it 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 literally knocked my rating of this movie down two pegs because of of how upsetting that was it kind of ruined the rest of the movie for me like after that i was like uh i'm done yeah what why would why would you do that the hang on hang on where where did i i have some notes here oh i said oh god did serenity just die and wash i hate this movie i effing hate it f this movie (laughs) so uh, Ricky, Rona was saying that's grim. She wasn't talking about your grin. Oh, my bad. <laughs> you're, you're good. You do have a nice um, grin, though. <laughs> but here's here's the thing, though, right? So, it two things. First thing, when they're on, they're outside in this in this this planet, which I have a joke for too. But we'll get there. Um, they shouldn't have called the planet Miranda. They should have called it Overexposure. Um, so, Jane. <laughs> They're all out standing in the street, and Jane is. They're talking about. He's like, you know what? You're right. We got out. Of, we got to get out of here. Jane says, "Yeah, everybody here is dead. Dead for no reason." And then the camera just focuses on Wash. Like the next line is Wash for three seconds saying nothing, and then he goes, "Let's go find the beacon." And it's like almost disjointed. Like that's not a logical reaction to what Jane said. And like, why did you do that? Like, why did you say, Hey, I'm about to kill this guy and then kill him. And they put him in the red light and everything. And it was just like, but here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, Josh, if you remember all the way back to the first episode of sudden, but inevitable rewatch, which I know you don't. So I'm just going to tell you this is much like the battle of serenity Valley. 
Those kinds sure. of things. And I, I did I did want to make the parallels end. to that because there were a lot of parallels from the pilot yeah. to the movie for sure. Those kinds of things just end. They don't end when you think they're over or like, okay, here comes, you know, my angels or whatever it is. They just end when somebody loses and they lost. And good God, Zoe, for the rest of this movie, right? Just, ugh. Oh, my God. Anyways, would you like to go back? You or could do justify you it all you want. This? It was still the stupidest decision ever made oh i'm not i'm not justifying it (laughs) i'm just telling you it wasn't really like hidden and now actually i have a question (sighs) for you josh do you know who killed agent phil colson in the avengers movie do i do i know who killed him yeah it was joss yeah (laughs) oh well he he wrote the avengers movie jesus christ so it's kind of his yeah, thing. Yeah, they now, needed something to avenge though. Okay? That made but, sense but my to kill that is, guy to avenge him. Right. My point this made is no sense. it's this kind of his thing death. now. He goes through and he finds the character Wilson. you like the most and he kills them. That's what Joss does. So if your favorite character was the Justice League movie, <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one. I liked it. I liked it. That was a great joke because he absolutely destroyed that it wasn't even one character it was an entire movie so yeah he's got a pretty bad track record for ruining my favorite characters and and good movies i don't know they just <laughs> mm, it just was so mm, man and i get it it was cool to see zoe like go in lockdown mode of like ha, i don't even care if i die i'm going to take as many of you with me as i can and do it with mm-hmm. a smile like it was it was very cool to see her go into like war mode. You know, it was kind of like how Mal was saying, you know, if, if you see me go to war, you'll see a side you've never seen before or whatever. And that was kind of what we saw with Zoe. We saw both with Mal too, but we definitely saw that with Zoe. It was a, it was a shutdown. I will end you. It was like, it was like the Tom <laughs> Cruise speech from, uh, from Tropic Thunder where he's like, I will rain down upon you. <laughs> with but I, again, it's just the most senseless death, dude. And it, it upset me to the point of like, by the end of it, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take it down two notches because that was pointless. And I, I found no reason behind it. Kill it. Killing Simon makes more sense because that gives River a reason, a reason to turn into raging river. But, but you like can't, you can't keep her like in normal mode without Simon. So <laughs> they've got the winter soldier code. It's fine. They just put her to sleep. <laughs> they have the sh- no, they have the shutdown code. They don't know cuz they can't they don't just say Miranda and she goes crazy, right? So they don't know the activation key, but they know the shutdown code. That's not enough of the equation. Um but to your point, Saxon in this in the chat is saying, "I don't like the movie myself, Josh. I was ready to walk away from the fandom, but it was who is that? Adam Baldwin? Do you guys know an Adam Baldwin who talked to oh, me into AB. staying oh, for the yeah, brown coats? That's how I got to talking to him, emails, and OB, the original boards. That is very uh it's gotta be bittersweet, right, Saxon? I mean I yeah. think I think I would agree with Saxon. Like the movie was enjoyable in a in a way, but it was also a lot of rehashing, a lot of pointlessness. 
I mean, Shepard didn't need to die either. Movie contracts aside, that dude died a terrible death too. And for, I mean, I, I guess it gave, it gave Mal a reason to avenge. But, I don't know. It just, I, so, I, I would have to agree with Saxon that I, I'm not like the biggest, I'm not the biggest fan of this movie, I guess. Yeah. And so earlier I made that reference for Cameron from Green Shirt. So now I'll make this one for you, Josh. When they go back to Haven, those new hope vibes, those are for you. That was all for you. So I hope you really I got that. that. I, I did <laughs> get that for sure. For sure. But to your point, Zoe in detached mode breaks my heart. So I just go ahead, Ricky. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about River's shutdown code. Did anybody else look up the translation for this one? I did not. The Russian? I didn't know. It was Russian. Good catch. I, we, we watched it in subtitles. Subtitles, it said Russian. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. I, yeah. I'm multilingual, so. <laughs> Good job at reading the subtitles. <laughs> what he said in Russian was, etekurum na smek. And the translation is, that's for chickens to laugh at. Oh, my God. What? And that's what shuts her down. Wow. Dude, okay. Okay. It reminds me of a couple different anime shows, um, but yeah, that's that's awesome. It's always some random, random funny, you know, yeah. phrase. I feel like that's another <laughs> jab at the fans. This is just a movie for the chicken fans to laugh at. Yeah. Uh, most of their uh, Chinese, and most of their translations were bizarro nonsense phrases. Yeah, they were. No, yeah. I, I, well, sometimes <laughs> translations in general turn out to be bizarro nonsense. They might be something, pro you know, prophetic and loquacious and in one language and then turn out to be utter crap in the other so <laughs> i i still think you know the shutdown code could have worked they could just use that because she eventually woke up you know then you just gotta but find a hacker you gotta you gotta go talk to the love bot and have her hack Mr. into Universe. to find the the code so speaking of mr universe's signal boosting room uh that's got to be the most Star Wars room that we've seen yet, right? Like, of all the rooms? Wait, which Star Wars room? There was a lot. The, the Universe, room at the end. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Where I he actually, goes to plug in the thing. I kinda, When you got an inside view of it, when Mal actually went into the room, it reminded me more of a Matrix kind of room. See, no, I'm talking about the room check. where... I'm what? talking about the room where he fights... <laughs> the operative yeah with all those chains and turbines oh. and, and the pits yeah yeah I, and, and the that, that giant was a circular shaft yeah yeah the that was a total star wars vibe for sure they really but, should have chucked the operative down that pit yeah with yeah. with electricity flying everywhere no we've nah. seen <laughs> we've seen mal leave alive very threatening characters before though and he broke this guy so he's not a threat yes. anymore mal mm -hmm. took what made that guy a threat yeah. mal took his yeah, faith from yeah. him so now he he's not a threat so speaking of breaking him did he not break his back i feel like mal paralyzed him that was paralyzed supposed him. to be him breaking the guy's arms but it was widely uh received as he was breaking their back okay, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. cuz he like, had both of his arms in that lock Right. Yeah. yeah and, so the and way I that think he dropped him. Yeah. I'm all thinking he's paralyzed and then he just comes walking up and I'm like, oh, I, I guess not. Nope. <laughs> well, it's also the future. So I, you know, 
and Zoe got That's cut true. across her they spine, and he was like, "Oh, let me just gel. put the foam in there." Yeah, we're good. Yeah, that, yeah, put the, whipped the, cream the in there. Foam. <laughs> Here's some human caulking. The expanding foam Rosie, fixes houses. Why not people? <laughs> yes. Put Shepherd Rosie up on the screen. She says, "This time rewatching it for this podcast was the best. It was like returning with an reuniting with an old friend." Thank you, Rosie. I am so happy that we were able to provide a slightly new twist on your old brown coat fandom because we wouldn't be here without you guys. So I just, it's it's kind of, it kind of and, comes full circle. Not, I don't like, I don't mean to like talk bad about the movie or anything. Like I, I know people really love this movie. Uh, f- just for me personally, I, I man, the, the series. Coming off the series, expectations this. are sky high. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I again, if we waited three years, maybe we should have done that and waited three years and then watched the movie and see <laughs> what it what it was like. But yeah, and you, you're you're absolutely right, Ricky. Coming straight from the series into the movie and dealing with the amount of like rehashing, it it yeah. Give give me a couple months. We'll we'll go through the rebop for a little bit and then I'll rewatch this movie and see how I feel then. I'm still gonna be pissed about Wash, but we'll see how I feel. <laughs> um, I did. I, and speaking of, it's funny. The in my notes, I actually have um for the scene with Mal and um, God, whatever his name is, uh, Baron. Um, when they're fighting, it reminded me a lot of any other '90s movie with a freaking satellite in it. Like it kind of to me seemed like they were fighting on a giant satellite and the stakes was that someone was going to get pushed off the edge golden eye style and fall all the way to the bottom. <laughs> but that's, that's just me. I guess I actually tried to go look up. I didn't have enough time, but I was trying to go find all the different movies that had a giant satellite fight in it from the late nineties and early two thousands. It's a lot, but I couldn't sure find it. There was a James Bond in cable. there. Yeah. Cable guy, uh, golden eye guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, there was. I mean, I think Kindergarten Cop had something to do with the satellite. With Dominic, get off of the tower! I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I forgot that movie even existed until it was brought up the other day in our interview with Cameron from Green Shirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation. You should go that check out that episode. Will podcast. air next Thursday uh, for the Twist My Arm podcast. We have our interview with Cameron. It was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I, uh, that whole last fight scene was, was pretty awesome. Um, what, what did you think, Kylie, of, of the whole Mal getting shanked and shot and his eye burst? (laughs) There was definitely a lot going on all at once, um, in that, you know, particular, like, you know, three minutes, um, yeah. So I, I honestly, I don't know if I necessarily noted just him getting hurt. There was so much, like, I don't know. I was probably still reeling from Wash. Like, I feel like my mouth was still, you know, my jaw was still dropped from that moment. And then... She screamed, by the way. She oh, screamed. Oh, I did. I, I audibly screamed no. Definitely. Um, definitely. But, uh, but no, I feel like in the next couple minutes uh, following that, it was just something r- right after another, and I couldn't, 
recover from one thing to the next. Um, so I, 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 to recap, not really thinking one thing about Mal, I'm thinking a bunch of all these things about everything going on with everybody. <laughs> they put yeah. you, they put you in Zoe's mindset because she doesn't have time to think about any of that. He just ain't coming with. Go ahead, Ricky. Uh, Josh mentioned that Mal's eyeball was burst. And that was actually a makeup effect that they learned on accident in war stories. If you go back to war stories with all the fake blood going down their face, Wash got uh, blood in his eye, in his contact. And it made this really cool red eye effect that they doubled up on in the Serenity movie, but they put it on Mal. Yeah, it looks pretty gross, man. Yeah. Something was wrong with his eye. I, I've actually seen a bl- like blood vessel break in somebody's eye before. Um, mm. Not from getting hit. It just happens sometimes, and it looks similar. Yeah, it was it was pretty nasty for sure. He's I also like, ah. we're kind of jumping around a little bit right now, but I want to go back to the spaceship battle. Because it feels like yeah, we're jumping I, over that. No, I, I wanted to go back to the whole scenario of uh, or the the whole planet um, that deserted with with uh, Sarah Paulson, I think. Is that who was in there? When they go meet yes. up with her? So, so, yeah, Sarah Paulson, she's from, you know, for, she's from a few things, but most notably um, American Horror Story. Yep. Um, and so when I saw her, I was like, oh, my God, she looks just like a baby. But you could tell it was her voice. And when she screamed, because, you know, she screams a lot in the scary American Horror Story, you knew it was her, and it was kind of exciting, so... There, uh, just like with Dennis from um, Always, yeah. you know, Always Sunny. There was a lot of different cute little Easter eggs throughout the whole thing. Yeah, um, and I like them figuring out that the alliance is the reason Reavers exist. That was crazy. I love the whole mashing, and this is why I like Star Trek. I like sciency, but also you know, spacey as well. So when they kind of real like, science fiction. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, no, like correct. Yeah, yeah. But that was when when they first started. The Reavers first started coming out when they were killing. You know, right at the beginning, I was like, "Oh my god, dude, those look like zombies, but intelligent." Like, you know, wondering how that happens. And of course, it's like some sort of contagion. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they they <laughs> said they sense. they released the toxin into the air to try and get people to make them copacetic. Like, yeah, and, yeah, to um, not stress, to take their stress away. It, well, and to uh, to also make them obedient, kind right. of. And it and like half the planet turned like went too obedient and ended up just like not doing anything and dying and the other half of the planet went like insane and turned into reavers it was a very small fraction of them it wasn't like so, half and half it was like there were 99 so many and people one on that planet though that it turned out to be you know a large handful didn't they say it was like some hundred million or it like was even a, a billion crazy, or yeah, something like that crazy amount. and even 25 so, percent of 500 million is a lot <laughs> Rosie says ten well, percent. Kayla yeah, says two percent. The point is, but some of them about turn right into now? reavers. So percent. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, never, never had a lot of ten percent milk. But um, so, do you? What do you guys think this is supposed to be? Like, this is pretty clearly. It feels like it's clearly the writer trying to say something about like society and the government, right? Like, so what is it trying to say? Do you guys think? Well, it just kind of to me, it was like. You can't fix death, basically. Like they, they, it seemed like they were trying to do everything they can to 
you know, keep people alive for as long as they could. It's it's always that, right? Aren't they always experimenting on humans to try and uh, help us survive longer or help us be better or enhance us in some sort of way? Um, and I, um, I feel like they were trying to do that in this, and it just backfired completely. Aaron from It's a Fandom Thing Pod, thank you for popping in to wish us a happy season finale and congratulations. If you haven't seen Serenity, I'm going to have to ask that you leave, unfortunately, even though I appreciate your support and love you. And you should go check out It's a Fandom Thing Pod. It's a very good podcast. It is all things fandom from the female perspective. Definitely check that out. And definitely check out their upcoming live trivia night next Saturday, May 15th, featuring us, the Sudden But Inevitable Rewatch crew. Uh, seriously though, you should leave cause we're talking heavy spoilers. Um, so the thing about that is <laughs> that I, to, to your point though, Josh, I think you're right. Like it's a meddling thing, right? Like whenever they try to improve us or whenever they try to, you know, change us, us in some way, it always goes, some part of it goes wrong. But like, I, I don't know. It feels let's let's have ricky d go go ahead ricky d yeah you say it's meddling i think it's the government trying to turn us into a resource and make money and i could see that too because river obviously got pulled away from that place to be experimented on because she was um more enhanced or something like you see in the flashbacks how they tell her to lay down and she's like uh no and they're like well you're rejecting this why aren't you laying down lay down and she's like uh no I don't think she... Well, here's a question that I have, because it's not super clear to me. I don't think she was ever on Miranda before. I think that was her, like... You don't think so? Experiencing... No, I think that's her experiencing the past through those people's uh, resonant emotions and feelings, right? Because, like, we've seen her know some stuff she shouldn't know before, like, with Jane and Christmas and, like, what's going on there and, like... That's not where her and Simon grew up because otherwise they would know the place and they're like, what's with all these empty cities? Like her and Simon have never been there before. So the scenes of her on the planet are like Didn't she an get sent away of, though? Didn't her parents send her away when Simon went to college for schooling or she whatever? Would, well, yeah, but he went and got her. So it, so she wasn't, the, like, you know what I mean? Like, because their, their secret facility wasn't on Miranda. Because he would have said, "Oh yeah, that's where I went and got her." There's nobody no, there well, now. And, and nobody here's, knows why. And here's what I'm here's what I'm thinking is that she was on Miranda, but once they found out that she was more enhanced, they pulled her away from there to go experiment on her, and that's when Simon went and rescued her. Was when they pulled so her I, off of Miranda. I feel like there because I feel like she events... could. She was trying to hear everybody's thoughts there, but she couldn't hear anything. Like she was like I. I I see them all in my head, but I hear nothing. Like she had seen them before, and she knows who they are, but she couldn't hear them talking or something like that. But she right. So I feel I really feel like those scenes on Miranda are implied to have taken place before the series happened, like before okay. Firefly happened, right? And that makes sense. Or I just like I think immediately for after. Me it just I don't think like, River was there at like all. That's how it was. Because she was born on wherever her and Simon grew up, and then she was gone for a very small amount of time, and then he, or, you know, a couple of years or whatever, and he went and got her. It feels like what's going on, these people on this planet have been dead for a long time. Some of them are preserved, some of them are not. Reavers have been a threat the whole time, so if this is the origin of the Reavers, then... 
I don't, I don't know. I feel like River was never there. I feel I, like I she was looking, looking at that place um, and getting everything from it. Um, that that being said, but, it's very crazy that when she was in the class with that little boy and the little boy was talking about Reavers before they were even made, then it's it's so, definitely so that's co- pulling right from there, the right? future to see to in the past. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's pulling from her memories. Right. It's a mix of yeah. her memories and what hasn't happened yet, because earlier when she's in the bar, she's seeing Reavers and she's seeing herself kick Reaver ass. She's like, oh, I've I've kicked ass before, you know, like, and she's saying it's not dangerous for us, it's dangerous for them, because she's getting echoes of that. So it's like, I think to, I think it's meant to be a a the it's showing us how River's mind is interpreting what it's getting, which is kind of mix it with memory and then just go with whatever is there, because I, I have no control over it. And then the one mi- minute that she has it, it she has a um. Oh, yeah. When they find the recording, they said the recording was 12 years old. So unless River was in the uh, uh, academy for 12 years, which wouldn't fit if she were 17, I don't think. Anyways, I think it's meant to show it. This is how River's brain interprets things. Some of its memories, some of its information that was buried that she didn't ask for. She said, you know, these memories aren't mine. That kind of thing. She said that a couple times. So I just and that makes more sense. I, I guess her emotion though there summer glow's emotion on that planet the whole time is just so overpowering like she crushes those scenes i mean even even though we know that she has to do that like uh somebody drops off the screen is on the bingo card um (laughs) even though that we know she's doing the whole like oh she's insane thing right she's also doing like the you can see her trying to interpret but mostly she's just suffering so it's like it's yeah. it's just painful for her and i i feel like that's why they that planet is shot that way that's why the planet is overexposed because river is overexposed all the time that's got to be the curse so of now, the psychic right Being right so now all, all these people all know how she feels because there's just like confusion and questions and overexposure around them so it's yeah i it's it's i i really love the parallels that they do on that planet that whole thing felt really star trek to me so i loved it that was like right up my alley and personally. i i wanted to say that that whole planet seemed very star trek to me yeah. um landing and it's all white and it's all like perfect you know utopian looking society and i don't know it just it seemed it seemed pretty star trekian to me for sure yeah oh is mike falling on the bingo card <laughs> Ricky touches his mic has got to be on the bingo card. Like it should be the free space in the middle of the, of the bingo card. Like really? Yeah. Um, (laughs) perfect. I love it, Callie. Thank you. So, um, I, the, the rest of the notes that I have are mostly just emotional things like, you know, the sight of Gina Torres, every scene post wash, brings tears to my eyes because she really managed to imbue grief and don't have time to grieve and got to keep functioning and all that stuff in every single scene she has after that. And she, that moment where, um, in the, in the pilot when, or no, no, that wasn't in the pilot. This was in uh, out of gas. When we, we learn how Mal bought serenity, 
we have this thing going where the guy is saying, yeah, she's a good ship. You take her up, do this. Everything will be great. And you think he's talking about Serenity, but it turns out he's talking about a different ship. And Mal is looking at Serenity while he's saying that. So we get that parallel here at the very end of this movie where Mal says, how's she holding up? And Zoe says, she's tore up good, but she'll fly right. They're not talking about the ship. They're talking about right. Zoe. And right. it hits you so hard. But man, does she have the gravitas to pull that off. Like, I didn't doubt her for a second, but I could still hear the pain in her voice. And I just, Gina Torres is a vision, especially in this movie. I mean, her in the white morning was amazing. Her in the, I wrote down Zoe in black. Yes, please. From the start of the movie, she's got like the very tight jacket on and it's all black. Like she just, I'm, I'm going to say it again. Zoe is the best cowboy character ever. She she's the pinnacle of cowboy characters. So I they love really Zoe. they really emphasize that at the beginning of this with every single line that she had for the first 20 minutes. It was something cowboy, something with a twang in it that had yeah. to do with or sir. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't reckon, you know, something, something cowboy. Um, yeah, I, you know. You guys were all telling me to to bring tissues and I would be the one that would cry during this movie. But I think I was just so upset that it was such a meaningless kill that I was like, none of this matters to me right now. Zoe's emotion doesn't matter to me because she should not have to do this because that was a stupid, stupid decision. And I think that's, I, I, I don't know, I guess it should have been more emotional, but for me it was just more... I, I turned a little bit more to the dark side after watching this movie, for sure. The anger and rage is has, has boiled. I want to say hi to Sean from Cheap Seat Reviews. He is in the chat. Yo. Welcome, Sean. Uh, he says, it's a small thing to notice, but after Washed, Zoe does specifically stab a reaver to get her revenge. She does. Like, there is a, there's a moment where she just goes, I don't even need a gun. I just need a blade. Uh, I just need to be close to it. Um and yes, yeah. Shepard Saxon, the slinky dress for Wash. The slinky dress of mourning. How many times do you get to say uh, that? So I don't okay. have a ton of other, uh, we'll call them episode notes, right? Um, so if you guys have any other notes you'd really like to get to before we get to our first segment, I think this is the Well, time. speaking of, uh, I, I have a few. I have a few. Um, I just wanted to talk about how they kept the series trope going where they say something about Mal and how he's going to be successful and he ends up with his face on the floor. Um, yeah. It's right when they're they're kind of losing against the Reavers. And also a cool scene that Kylie and I both kind of picked up on immediately when when Raging River runs out into the, the Reavers and they shut the door and you just hear all the Reavers screaming and stuff. Kylie and I are like, I bet that's River just kicking the shit out yeah, of them right now. Yeah, they're screaming in agony. Yeah, like. well, like, <laughs> the audience is supposed to think that she's just in there getting wrecked. And they're all, like, pounding at the door. That yeah, day. no, they're yeah. pounding to get out because this little 90-pound <laughs> can of whoop-ass just got opened all over their faces. Yeah. So, I, they, but that scene when, when, they're, when Zoe's talking and uh, who says it, I think... Uh, Jane says that you really, you really think, um, you know, you really think he got through and Zoe's like, I know he got through. And then immediately Mal's face just hits the floor and he's bleeding everywhere. And he says something to, 
I keep wanting to call him the ambassador for some reason. The assassin. But he says something the to him. The operative. I can never I can never get my names right on these freaking shows, man. It took him it took him probably a couple of weeks to get Zoe down, so oh, and the show's over now. Yeah. Now we gotta learn a whole new cast of characters. And and it's gonna be even harder to remember. One of them's a dog, I guess. But anyway, sorry. It's gonna be fun. Um let's see. Um I I loved that Simon finally admitted yeah, finally admitted to Kaylee that um he liked her and had feelings and that is what got Kaylee going she's like you mean you mean you're gonna you're gonna dust off the old the old vents and and kick the kickstart the batteries or whatever she says and and my notes ain't I write nothing down betwixt from, my nethers they ain't run on batteries for me for months yes yes and then and then Simon says something about how I wish you know we would have whatever and and my notes is Kaylee's gonna live for sex. <laughs> oh, she's staying. She's staying alive. Yeah, she's like, I am not missing out on this D. I don't even care right now. It's gonna happen. What? Didn't hear uh, talking about Reavers on Galaxy. Uh, yeah, uh, I did a little bit. Um, I did hear talking about sword play and stuff. Um, I didn't. I did not get any spoilers from Galaxy Con though. Um, I I actually did get spoiled on um, Shepard's death before we even started this series. I had read something about the death of Shepard, and I was like, "Oh, well, okay, I guess I know he dies." And then we started the show, and I was like, "I'm just not gonna, I'm just gonna wait till it happens in the series," like because I thought it was gonna happen in like an episode at some point that he died. But no, it was it was in the movie, so that was. Yeah, I feel like he's probably got access to my Twitter, and he just hops on there and like proofreads it right before I wake up every morning. He's like, I know he wakes up at six, so I'm gonna wake up at five thirty. I'm gonna go through his Twitter and take off any sort of spoiler that he could possibly see. <laughs> um. Let's see. Um, oh, one huge thing. There were sound effects in space. Please enlighten me. Yes. Mhm. Mm Sound has to have something to bounce off of. So that makes all the sense in the world. I guess. <laughs> well, and when Mal fired just like the regular old gun at the Reaver ship, there was no sound. There was like, that was totally silent. And then once they came through the cloud, there was some sound going on. But yeah, the, I, well, I, I, the first time I guess was that no sound. it was kind of confusing because the the first time they were shooting, it didn't it didn't make a sound. And then, yeah. OK. All right. I guess. So. 
All right, that's that's again a Star Trekian way to explain things away. Yeah, the holes when you fly through <laughs> an ion cloud, your hole becomes ionized, which increases the magnetic resonance frequency, which is gonna bounce some of the sound waves around. I thought that was pretty obvious, but yeah. Um, let's see. So more, more. Um. Oh, I I liked how they dressed up Serenity. As a reaver ship, um, I called it Sir Reaverty. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kylie hated it too. It's fine. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, I just wanted to say he actually worked on that. That was probably number wow. three. <laughs> Nickname. You should have kept workshopping that, that one. <laughs> and I told him that was probably the closest he was ever gonna get. And so. It really was. I couldn't like. <laughs> wow. What, what else are you gonna do with that? <laughs> Not much. You could have <laughs> left it. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that we didn't even talk about the fact that these dudes just kind of teamed up with some reavers. Um, like originally, I looked at Kylie and I was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna go team up with these guys." And then in my notes, I wrote in quotes, "They teamed up because they didn't really I was team like, up yeah, per se. They don't speak reason." Yeah, yeah, they brought them along for the ride to you know distract Baron and destroy. And destroy, yes, <laughs> absolutely destroy. Um, I don't like that they killed Mister Universe, um, but I do like how he used his love robot to give Mal the message. I didn't I care that about was... that character at all, honestly. No? When he died, I was like, "Oh, don't care." Like, no, I wasn't much sad, but I did think it was cool that he. Yeah, I appreciated the effect of them showing us like, hey, this is how they would get at Mal, right? They would go to all these people that's ever given them shelter. But like, give me Badger then. G- g- show me Badger pull his gun out not in no, time. Badger like, was really nowhere. make me feel it. I don't know Mr. Universe. I don't care about that character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I only had two more. Oh, one of my favorite notes. Epic tailspin, bro. <laughs> Because that whole scene was really cool. And I loved seeing Jane go and do the flight attendant check on everybody's seatbelt. I, I thought that was really sweet of him after he had just tried to sell out. Uh, that wasn't sweet of him. Mal <laughs> ordered him to do that. He said, Jane. Uh, and he went, I, right. And then he went to do the checks. Oh, okay. I guess I didn't I didn't catch that. I was focused too much on the tailspin. Do you feel that. like that's like Jane's job when Serenity is yeah. in a hairy Serenity. spot? Okay. Okay. Um oh. All of her all of their friends. All of their friends. They did I'm pretty sure they did kill um who you just mentioned. I I'm pretty sure Mr. That, Universe? No, Badger. I'm pretty pretty sure the assassin killed all of the people that ever harbored them that would include badger wouldn't it because then there's a scene with all the dead people they showed this the screens and i think they showed whitehall or whitefall was it whitefall so but but like give me the badger scene is what i'm saying like don't give me the like oh also this happened that's like killing admiral akbar off screen like why would you do that that's stupid Speaking Agreed. of characters dying, we killed way more civilians in this movie than we did in the entire series. There is a lot. Yeah. Uh, but the crew didn't. I mean, there's no civilians on those Alliance cruisers. 
Like uh, Mal shot that guy in the ship, and uh, Dennis Reynolds. Those were two. <laughs> All right. He wasn't. Wait, in the ship? What guy in the ship? Are you talking about the guy uh, that there was, was a guy? Out? I think that, that might have been a popped reaver. out. It was. It was on. Sh- no, it was an alliance guy. He popped out yeah. of his ship yeah. um, after killing it was an Shepherd. Alliance guy. And he's like, yeah. he's like walking towards the alliance guy and just blasts him. Yeah. He was Badger was not a friend, Saxon, but to us, I I know what you mean, but to us, it's like a character that we would have that we would have cared about to see that happen. Well, right? he, like, that he associated. I'm not with, saying. I guess. I'm not saying he would have protected Mal. I'm saying they would know that he's had dealings with Mal and they would go squeeze him. And then even if he answered them, which he probably would, they would kill him because they showed that character do that to the character Mr. Universe, who, again, why do I care about that character? I don't have that same interaction, but with Badger, where he goes, what if I paid you? And Badger goes, you don't even need to pay me. I don't really like the guy. And then he kills Badger anyway. Like, that's a better scene than this whole Mr. Universe crap. Like, (laughs) crap. Yeah. Um, and my it's a better last... scene for us because we know Badger. Badger is our friend, the viewer's friend, not Mal's friend. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So my last bit of notes, and this is just for for me because I really, really hated Baron. I and I, I he did a great job. That actor was fantastic at making me hate him. Um, but I like to think that Baron Mordo went out the honorable way, Sapuku style. <laughs> And just fell on his own sword because he, could he have. had nothing to live for anymore. Like I seriously, I seriously thought he was gonna look at Mal and be like, "You're not gonna see me ever again," and just fucking stab himself. Yeah. Well, he said because there's nothing left to see, so it could mean yeah. that he's saying like, "I'm gonna go get rid of myself." But here's That's the other thing: what I took. Here's yeah. the other thing. He was, and I agree with you, cheap seat. Uh, thank you, uh, Jesse is wrong because Mister Universe is pretty awesome. So. It's not a good character. <laughs> it's a cheap. It's a cheap comic relief character that has no reason to be in the movie other than he can send news to everyone, and we haven't had that character yet. So, well, yay. another. It's a. It's another ex machina for the movie. It was the how do we get this out to everyone? Oh, I know. Let's call Mister Universe. He'll help us. It was yeah, to just me, one of those extra things he's to me he's the lazy part of the movie so mr universe more like mr save the verse (laughs) (laughs) i'm not saying that the i'm not saying that david crumholtz is bad rosie i just don't care about the character like (laughs) it's okay do you have any and, other notes you guys all, would like to cover I, before we get to the for, segments? For oh, other than now, River is known as Chewy. I don't know why, That's but it? okay. Because she's oh, the co-pilot she's the now. Well, she's kind of the pilot, though. Like, she's not co-piloting. She's piloting. <laughs> Mal took his okay. hands off the console. <laughs> yeah. Rona, Han if you know takes anything hands off about the console me, all the time, and Chewy flies the ship. All right, Rona. If you know anything about me, it's that I'm always outnumbered, and that's how I prefer it. So, <laughs> we're good. Uh, if you guys don't have any other notes that you'd like to get to before the segments, let's go ahead and do our first segment, which, just like every other week, is going to be Simon Says. Let's 
As always, this is where we talk about our favorite quotes, even if they weren't uttered by Dr. Simon Tam. And my brother is siding with me for non-family related reasons, so I deeply appreciate that. Uh, this week, we're going to have Josh and Kylie go first, of course, uh, for time Simon Says, and then Ricky D will go, and then I will go last. Uh, you guys, of course, if you have more than one you'd like to throw out this time, go for it. I mean, what's the harm? Um. Yes, yeah, so mine, and I, I wrote down a lot of, of lines actually to pick from, which was kind of good, but mine is, I am a leaf on the wind, watch how I soar. Yeah. The last thing he ever says, yeah. which was the most upsetting thing in the world, because I was like, really? yes, that's my favorite, what? <laughs> I know, that's, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's exactly <laughs> how it happened too, is he was like, oh, I'm going to write that down. <gasps> like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And just done. instant rage. Because I was like, that was such a cool line. And they ruined it. Yeah, well, I mean, Slash made it more memorable. I mean, it depends on how you look at it. Um, I, my favorite quote, um, there was a lot of pretty, like, cool, um, influential kind of quotes here. But I, I got to say that my favorite part is when freaking Jane was going around and checking everybody's seatbelts as like you know the ship was crashing like <laughs> just making sure everybody was buckled like yeah. they're in a ride I thought that was that was cute that was my favorite and it also kind of like you know redeemed Jane a little bit for me after you know the betrayal of the season and stuff like that like I'm like oh my gosh Jane cares enough to make sure everybody's like you know check 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 like i thought that was awesome that was my favorite <laughs> little brother if it makes you feel any better i have all three of these people on record as saying they hate pretty people so take that as you know what you need uh ricky d did you have any selections for uh simon says this week or josh and kylie do you have any more did did we cut you off or do you guys have more um i i had uh another one also from my man wash this is why i'm so pissed off um but the other one where he says start with the part where jane got knocked out by a 90 pound girl because it because that never gets old <laughs> also hilarious his little quips were awesome um yeah uh oh and my actual th and this is the first ever simon says from me that's actually simon. something that simon says and it's it's okay to leave them to die. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like that one too. But um, that's <laughs> uh, was that? Nope. One more, and this one's from Jane. We're gonna explode. I don't want to explode. Just just typical Jane right there. Typical is, Jane. Is Jane dumb? I uh, yeah. also Jane when they were talking about Rivers code word. When she started repeating it, Jane like covered his ears, <laughs> like he, like everybody was gonna get turned off or something. That was my that was my is Jane dumb moment right yeah. there, <laughs> for sure. But uh, that's go ahead, all Ricky I got. D. What was your? I know Ricky D has more than that. Oh yeah, I've got a couple. Uh, the first one I'm gonna throw out actually came out of the commentary. It was near the end of the movie after everything was kind of winding down, and Joss Whedon throughout this little gem he said the reason i make these things is not to make things people like it is only to make things that people love i thought that was a cool quote uh there was a lot of i mean it was a really family style 
uh, commentary with Mal and Jane and River and Joss Whedon. I think that was everybody, but there was a lot of family talk, and I really liked that quote from him. Uh, I also got to go with every Goram heist, he starts shouting my name. (laughs) Because Mal Mal was down in that bank pit, and Jane just started screaming his name. (laughs) Every bank heist. (laughs) And that's got to be a callback, too. I bet if we went and watched some of the older episodes... There would be some heists where Jane's just screaming Mal. Probably. Uh, from the operative, half of writing history is hiding the truth. Mm. That was a really good one. Painfully truthful, yes. Uh, and the last one was Mal during that fight with the operative. The operative asked him, do you know what your sin is, Mal? And Mal goes, oh, hell, I'm a fan of all seven. But right yeah. now, yeah. I'm going to go with Wrath. Yeah. So, I cool. think I got out everything I needed to. <laughs> God, and that okay. punch to that guy's throat was awesome. Mal got hit in the throat like six times. Like, he's got a real... Mal's yeah, he's used to getting hit. Throat. The operative yes. is not. Right, and that's, that's what I was true. saying earlier. We've seen Mal take a beating to the point where he literally dies and then gets up and starts spitting one-liners, which he did. Um, so I just, for me, I don't know if they're all like super obvious. I mean, obviously we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I love that line. Um, it, it fits so well in so many situations in regular life, even like, Hey, what's the plan? Don't really have one. We're just going to see what happens and we're going to try to make the best of it. Um, so I feel like that applies, you know, to, those kinds of situations and sort of to our show here. Um, The other one that I wrote down was Zoe saying, you want to leave this room right now because she had the most menacing look of any of the menacing looks in the movie when she said that, in my opinion. And it was just, you fully understand the connection right there between Zoe and Mal and what the order of operations is on this ship and the chain of command. So I really, really love that. And then, um, of course, I had to end it with love keeps her in the air when she ought to fall down. Um, Because that's definitely, I mean, that's the most emblematic thing about our show. I've said it about our show before. Um, You know, we making a weekly live podcast that releases two days later is not an easy thing to do. It takes a lot of effort and time and pain and energy. And um, there are times when it would be a lot easier to just fall down and say, you know what? It's done. Like it's, it's, it's there. Be done with it. Um, But love keeps us in the air. Um, We've got love pouring in so many channels. It's it's it blows my mind. We've got people on Instagram and Twitter and our website and YouTube and Facebook and Twitch. There's people everywhere listening to us and you know coming along with us for this rewatch. Um, it it's mind blowing to me. I mean we. We, we talked about the first hundred days we hit a thousand listens and it was like, 
none of us were expecting that. We didn't expect that. We didn't expect to get to talk to Adam Baldwin from Firefly. Like we, none of what has happened here happens without love. So I really feel like love keeps her in the air when she ought to fall down is my pick for sudden but inevitable. Not just my pick for Firefly or Serenity or anything like that, but that's my pick for sudden but inevitable. Um, with that, now I know Josh and Kylie are are feeling emotional, you know, I and I get that. And there's a lot of, to Kylie's points, there was like a lot of blue uh, toned scenes in the movie and, and and then, of course, that planet at the end with the overexposure and everything, and it was very, very white. And it was like, I really felt like I was in the character's shoes there because as I looked around, I was like, man, everything here is so shiny, Ricky D. <laughs> How shiny is it? Um, I would like to tell you how shiny this is for me, but I, I can't do it because it doesn't really matter how shiny it is for me. This this particular rating is about josh and kylie like everybody knows that ricky d and i have seen the series and the movie and that we like it because otherwise why would we have drugged josh and kylie through this so i don't even really feel like giving my rating for the movie if that's okay with you guys but i would love to hear josh and kylie if you were going to rate this movie on a scale of one to ten how shiny is it for you i i really wanted to know your guys's rating but i'll go last but but that's fine. No, you guys didn't rate it a 10, right? I'm not about I'll to go ruin last. a perfect 10, am I? Because I'm about to I'll ruin go a last. perfect 10. <laughs> no, um, I'm just kidding. This movie was not a 10 for me. It was actually a 9. I would rate it a 9. Minus 2 points because they killed Wash, and that was the stupidest decision they could have ever made for this movie, so I'm rating it a 7. Um that's that's where i landed on this i had a lot of fun with it yes um it was a great introduction for new people to bring new people into the verse but i feel like for someone that you know worshipped the season or the series and watched the series a lot it did them a huge injustice and a disservice even more so to kill off one of the best characters from that series as just a giant middle finger. Um, so yeah, I, again, the movie was fun and I loved watching raging river beat everybody's ass the whole movie. Um, I liked the flying parts with wash again, favorite parts of this, of all this movie was pretty much with wash like when he's he didn't look as awkward as he did no exactly earlier in the you know in the season when he was flying right and and then going through all the ships the effects were incredible for a movie made in 2005 i mean um it was it was good but again there was some pointless things that got to take it down to a seven for me kylie what would you rate it so I'm going I was going back and forth between a seven and an eight, um, because there were a couple things, as you mentioned, that I was kind of disappointed in. Um, but then I'm kind of going through my uh pre movie bullet points that I would have liked to see. And honestly, kinda hit all of them, so I can't really be too upset. So my first one didn't hit fully, which was that Ma- Mal better kiss Inara. 
Well, obviously that didn't happen. But we did kind of, you know, open up the playing field to a relationship. You know what I mean? If there was a season two, you know, you probably would have seen some some development there. But anywho, so I'm I'm gonna give that like, you know, <laughs> no, she said that she no, even if he did want to pay, she said she wouldn't even do it. But that was like one of the stipulations anywho. when she first got on the ship, right? Exactly, yes. So I would give that like, you know, half a point. But um I said Simon better kiss Kaylee at least. But they did a little bit more so I, I was I was happy with that. That's a good solid point. I said I wanted Reavers. That's a good solid point. I wanted some sort of answers with River. Um which, you know, I don't know if we have all the answers, we but got, it was kind of cool to see, yeah. re, you know, really just a solid like, yep, yep, you're right all along. She's got these kinds of things going on. And this is what she can do. She's badass. Um, they didn't mention two by two hands of blue. They didn't do anything about they that. They totally didn't do that. It was no. just about the hands of blue sending the assassin to get her is basically uh, yeah. what it was. So that was cool. And then my, my last one was, and this one did not get answered at all. But I wanted to know who who Shepard was really. Mm, yeah. And they didn't they they touched on it saying, you know, hey, I'm not gonna tell you. I don't have to tell you like anything. That's yeah. not important kind of stuff. Like another F you to the fans. Uh, when yeah. you're gonna tell me that story, yeah, I'm not. Uh, exactly, exactly. And so so I didn't <laughs> get to see that. So I think though, because I got three out of the five and then the half point with Mal Better Kiss Inara because it did develop some sort of kind of... <laughs> I'm going to go with an eight. Eight out of ten. All right. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. What do you got, man? Uh, it sounds like we're on the same page for the most part so far. I also went with eight out of ten. Uh, I feel like we've been a little focused on a lot of the problems with the film. And that's what we're doing. We're being very, uh, you know, we're tearing it apart and we're looking at all the little microscopic details. But despite all of the flaws that the film had, it was really good. I think it performed a service to the fans by closing up a lot of open storylines. It wasn't perfect, but I think 8 out of 10 is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think 8 out of 10 is is... Uh, significantly above average, right? Like, you wouldn't call an average movie a 7 out of 10. I'd call an average movie, like, a 5 out of 10. Yes, um, and uh, the the only thing that's kind of getting me to say that is just the sky-high expectations from the Firefly series makes you kind of want more than an 8 out of 10, but also that's a little bit ridiculous to want to be gunning for more than 8 out of 10. That's a really good score. Yeah. Um. I, I put it at an eight as well, uh, just because I do have a lot of fun with it. If you watch it as a self-contained story, it's actually pretty good. Like, if this is the whole verse, as far as you know, um, it's a great self-contained story about one believer versus another believer. Um, but yes, Josh, to Rosie's point, there is a graphic novel called The Shepherd's Tale that goes into a little bit of book's backstory. Most of the graphic novels uh, and comics, I, I believe, have I believe they have direct um, involvement with Joss Whedon. Um, so they're you know the the original creator is there. Um, but here's a th- here's a quick thing. Um, Inara um, 
strongly hinted at, and I believe Joss has said that she was meant to have a terminal illness. And that's why she was considering leaving the ship at the end of the first season. She didn't want to be there when she died. And she didn't want to bring everybody through that pain. And if you watch the first season with that lens, there's some interesting moments where it's like, oh, that would fit perfectly right there. Um, Whoa. So, yeah, there's, I mean, some of that stuff is speculation. Some of it's stuff that has been commented on. Um, Most of what takes place in the comic books and the graphic novels actually takes place after the movie. So there is a continuation of the story. Um, so to speak. It's not the same kind of a thing. Um, I, I'm i interested in reading it just for the sake of reading it, but I don't think I need it um, for my enjoyment of the, of the thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm going to yeah. read it because I like the thing, but I don't think it will necessarily increase or decrease my enjoyment of it. It will just be another part of the thing for me. Um, but yeah, if uh, overall, I give the movie an eight. Very fun, um, definitely tropey and heavy-handed with some stuff. Um, but I just, you know, I really, I liked it. I liked it enough to to do a freaking show about it, and I liked it as enough when I was younger to look back into the series. So it's, it's, I, I had a lot of fun with it, and I have to give it an eight. So that puts us at thirty-one out of forty, which is a point seven seven five which is wow. 7.75% out of 10 on the How Shiny Is It scale. So I think we're about to do this part of the show where we avoid coming to the end of the show. So Josh, <laughs> would, you like to, would you like to kick that off? I, I would like to answer uh, Rona's question about... Um, Given the actors hadn't signed for the follow-ups, how would you have written them out in a satisfactory way? I would like to answer that in the form of an actual podcast one day. Um, When we do another sudden but inevitable callback, maybe write our own Firefly movie. Because I have some ideas, but I don't think we could hash them all out in the next 30 seconds. Sure. Um, but I, I think that'd be fun to to have like a... Josh is good at that stuff. A round table and just make a movie about those characters uh and i would retcon it and wash would be alive i don't give a shit what joss whedon says <laughs> he'd be a robot he'd be like cyborg that's kind of where i'd that what they'd do there they'd bring him back hey you know what it's the future right <laughs> i'm not gonna <laughs> they've already comment. been doing cyborg and injustice so well and i'm not gonna comment on what i would do because i think it's actually the storyline of one of the comics so i'm not gonna mention it because I think it's probably the best idea of what to do with the characters but um, yeah. Ricky D other than killing them all did, did you have an idea uh, honestly I would probably do something just really terrible I would make <laughs> Zoe and Wash get divorced uh, I would have Kaylee and Simon just uh, let's go with like five kids pre-marriage uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch like, of younglings running around surrounding. Yeah, I would just I'll if just, I was gonna write this. Whoever develops story, a drug habit. Yeah, there, <laughs> nailed it. That's exactly the kind of stuff that I would write up. That's oh, terrible. Oh Simon resurrects. See, mine Wash, would be like a style. romance novel. I feel like everybody in the chat here would want to read what Kylie had to yeah, say. Yeah, Kylie Fire smut Fire. novel. Yeah, of course. <laughs> 
And then Kaylee looked down at Simon's chest. <laughs> and then Kaylee. She could see the bullet scar. <laughs> the bullet scar. I like Saxon's idea. Bring back Firefly, ignoring the movie. I could see a lot of fans agreeing with that. And, you know, we did have that conversation with Adam about maybe doing a uh, cartoon version of it. Um, mm. And he said, you never know. So, I mean, it'd be, you know, yeah. Get, he said get rid it of that sounds... Movie. He said it sounds like a no-brainer to him, is what he said. Yeah, like, and it sounded like he would be signed up for it. It just depends on who else would do it. Who do you think wouldn't sign up for that? It'd be Nathan. That that'd be my assumption. I, I don't know. It's it's one. I of those, reckon we like, move past these parts, don't you think, Joss? <laughs> it's I don't know. Well, Joss wouldn't be involved. First of all, I'm no, gonna throw I that know. out there. I know. <laughs> like, I know. Um. But second of all, I just, I, yeah, it's so hard to speculate because like he, I mean, he's on a very popular show right now. Um, and you know, maybe just the stigma around Whedon right now would be something that people don't want to be associated with. I don't know. It's, it's difficult to tell. And, and the point, the other point that he brought up was that the show, I believe what he said was the show sort of sits there like a perfect little Camelot of a thing yeah and yep. why risk going back and screwing it up and i think that's a brilliant brilliant point from our friend adam baldwin i, I would agree with that it would just it would be kind of kind of cool to even go back to the verse even if it's just one character even if it's just like you know uh jane and zoe on a different ship or something they you know they left serenity together to go to a different ship like it'd be a crazy dynamic to have those who killed two. wash and did took you... zoe as his bride but like oh did my you god watch firefly because there's no way zoe's going somewhere without mal well like, that, that, that's, that's, mal that's the thing is <laughs> that's the thing that would make it interesting is why would she like there there would have to be some sort of reason that she would go with him and I, I think that'd be a fun team up they'd have to go be rescuing mal no, Jane kills Wash and takes Zoe as his bride. No, Wash is not dead, and Ricky. And Zoe's like, oh, Jane! Right? Is that, is that how this happens? My hero! <laughs> you saved me from the sudden but inevitable monster. <laughs> Shepard, All right, Lizzie, I'm I done. I'm, I'm I don't done. Think we, I don't think we doubt that they would return if they were given the opportunity. What I'm doubting is that the correct opportunity will ever be presented. Would have personally yeah for sure that's for that's sure. how i feel about it so yeah. um josh do you have any shout outs this week oh my god i forgot to write these down i do uh ricky go first no i'm good what the f <laughs> jesse go first so <laughs> my shout outs this week are not ultra specific um outside of the people that we've already spoken about um our shepherds of shine um Saxon, Rosie, Callie, Glitter Rock, uh, Pixie from Next on Stage One, Pop Deloc, um, Cap DK, everybody that has been, you know, kind of there with us from the start. Uh, it, it's just, I can't thank you all enough. I mean, this is, this has, like Ricky D always says, this has been the best part of the week uh, for a lot of weeks now. Um, so it's it's weird to be at the end of it uh it's okay but it's it's different um so i don't know that i'm that i have any specific you know accounts to go follow uh i will say if you if you need something to listen to in the meantime you could check out 
Cheap Seat Reviews, or you could check out Green Shirt, a newbie's trek through the next generation, or you could check out It's a Fandom Thing pod, or you could check out Bedwetter Behead, or you could go to patreon.com slash spatial anomaly and read some of David Black's work, or you could go to heartlineshorts.com and read some of Jake's work. There's a lot of stuff and a lot of really cool people in our expanded our expanded family now. Um, measuring the score podcast. There's there's so many. It goes down in the PM. Like I, I, every time I think I've got them all. You know, there's more. So if if you follow me on Twitter at sudden butt, check out some of the shows that I follow because I only follow shows that are good and that are made by good people. So you should definitely check those out. And if you follow me on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast, let me first say I apologize for my uh, lax activity there in the last couple of weeks. It's difficult to keep up with this show. Trust me. Everything is there. Everything is functioning. So thank you for uh, bearing with me there. And um, other than that, I would say the only thing that I really can ask you to do before I let the rest of my crew speak is follow my crew. Follow Ricky D at Best Flicks Ricky D. Follow Josh at Twist My Arm Cast. Follow Kylie at Miss My Arm Cast. And that having been said, I am going to turn it over to Josh for his shout-outs this week. Yeah, I wanted to shout out um, Cameron from Green Shirt. Again, thank him for coming on the Twist My Arm uh, show last night and interviewing with Jesse and I. Um, I'm excited to have that show hit the interwebs next Thursday. Um, I also wanted to give a big shout out to Yeti Yef. He's been giving us a lot of um, big bumps out in the Twitter world. Um, Letters to Media has been a pretty big um, share as well. And um, pretty much just anyone I have jumped up in in followers and it's really cool to to see more people and get you know um, meet more people. I've jumped from 213 followers to 282 followers in the last week and a half Um, and that's crazy so and not only that but then the subscribers on youtube it's it's incredible seeing the amount of support that we're getting and i can't thank everyone enough i if i can name off every single person by name i would um and and i wish i could um, but that's why we do these. And, and I do a lot of shout outs on Marvel Canon Madness and Quest Me and the TMA shows. So if you don't hear it on this show, it's probably floating around on the network somewhere else. Um, I also want to give a huge shout out to anyone that's already signed up for TMA PodCon 2021. Um, this is a huge thing for us to be putting on a little podcast convention slash workshop thing. Um, I'm extremely excited about it and I'm even more excited to see people um, taking to it and and interested in it and wanting to be a part of it. So if, if you would like to have any more information about the TMA PodCon, head over to twistmodernpodcast.com slash TMA PodCon 2021 and um, you can find all the information there and you can sign up. There's a little sign up sheet there where if you want to be a part of this, um, you give us your name, your email and what you would if you would like to speak on something or if you would like to just be there to listen. Um, give us all that information and we'll get back to you as soon as we get the information. I believe we're planning this for August, if I'm not mistaken. Um, is that correct, Jesse? Am I right in thinking that? That is as close to 
correct as either of us can be on it as far as i'm aware i and that's that's kind of where we're at like august is the tentative <laughs> month we don't have a, even a date that's the tentative month right now that we have so um i'm super excited about that um i want to uh saxon asked about the done the impossible documentary do we have official plans for that as sudden but inevitable so we do have well <clears throat> We have official plans in the capacity of we're going to do it. Uh, the okay. uh, b- Well, specifically, so it features Rosie and Saxon, and it tells the story of, of how the fans helped get the movie made. Um, so we we are going to watch it. The only thing that we haven't figured out yet is when. Um, we may end up dropping it sort of in between seasons, or it may be kind of our, our first bonus for the next season. Um, but it's, I'll be a hundred percent honest with you guys. Um, I have to take a break like this, this season of the show has to be over. Like we just, we have, I might have some ideas and solutions for this. Uh, I've been having a lot of ideas for best flicks with Ricky D and I'm just kind of, I'm just doing my podcast once a week, that kind of thing. But I'm going slow for the moment, but I do want to ramp things up. Uh, Jesse and Josh, you guys are like sprinting with this podcast thing, and I'm still trying to learn it. But I definitely want to do a Dr. Horrible sing-along blog watch party, and we could also (laughs) do something with the cross uh, with Done the Impossible and incorporate that with Best Flicks, and maybe we do that, you know, something like what we're doing here. But I would, through my uh, thing, to actually be with Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D on Best Flicks with Ricky D, I think that would be really cool. Um, Am I the first one uh, to be on there, or did you have any other guests on there? Uh, I had one of my buddies from college. <laughs> I'm kidding. The okay, the okay, and yeah, te- I guess technically multi was first, but I, I'm not Ricky D. <laughs> I'm not there. Best Flicks. <laughs> <laughs> but so. But to Ricky's point, yeah, we're we're sprinting. Like, um, I'll be, uh, putting this show out on Friday and then editing it all and having it ready to go Monday morning is physically actually killing me. Uh, so having a break <laughs> is going to be hugely beneficial to I think the quality of the show and the quality yeah. of the stuff that we do going forward. Um, so yes, please, Shepherd Rosie, please rest assured we are definitely going to watch done the impossible and here's the thing you guys um even if there are no episodes of sudden but inevitable dropping every week i am still going to be all over your social medias telling you to go listen to old episodes and asking what you want to see in the new episodes and all that kind of stuff i'm gonna be around there just won't be episodes for a a month and a half or two so don't worry nobody's going anywhere it's just that we're not going to be making this show for a couple of weeks. And I think that's the hardest part about this episode for me, right? Is, is knowing that (laughs) we are going to, when we do sign off, it's going to be a minute before we get back here this way. So that's, it's kind of starting to sink in, you know, like it didn't really sink in to me that we were talking to Adam Baldwin until he signed off. And then we freaked out. And I was like, you guys, that was Adam Baldwin. And I think the same thing is happening now where I'm like, I'm sort of realizing, yeah, we're at we're about two and a half hours. There's not much left to talk about. This is getting to be the end of this episode, and that's kind of starting to sink in, and it feels a little weird. Yeah, it's it's been a long journey, man. It's been a 
since January we started this thing, and it is definitely going to be good to take a break. Um, I, I will not be taking a break. I will still be going full steam ahead with QuestMe, MCM, and TMA. Um, but it is nice to have a break from my Friday nights. I can go to and see some music, you know. Kylie can have some open days, you know. She doesn't have to commit all of her. She's she's just so famous. She has so many people that want her all the time. So she she's got to go out and and be with be with her her people on yes. Friday nights. So my fans. Um, and it's it is very bittersweet though because this is been such a fun time it's been such a nice nice it's it's been such a good um not not even just experience but learning experience you know I've I've learned a lot from this place I've met so many new people and it is hard to to sign off for the last time um but all good things do come to an end um except for wash he has not ended um and I'm excited to get to the sudden but inevitable rebop. I know Kylie is especially. She talks about it all the time. Oh my God! What? what I I need to get in touch with Jesse. We need to make our own chat, and we need to we need to start planning this thing out because I'm just so excited to get. The, when are we When are we recording the theme song, Josh? We need to do this. <laughs> so, I know that Kylie is extra. I'm I'm trying to figure out a way to set her up with her own room so she can be next to you and Ricky and. And I can be on the bottom while you guys host. Um, but that probably won't happen. So I, I am excited to, to, to go on to, to new new grounds and see where it where this takes us for sure. Because it's, it's been a lot of fun. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Have you got anything you'd like to say to the folks before we get out of their hair? <laughs> uh, I just want to thank all of you guys. This podcasting that I've been doing as part of sudden but inevitable and starting my own best with Ricky D is probably one of the best things I've got going in my life right now. It's been extremely positive for me uh, on a social level on a, uh, you know, just, I'm not quite sure what to say, but thank you guys. Thank Jesse. Thank Josh. <laughs> thanks Kylie. Thanks Saxon. Thanks Rosie. Thanks Rona. Thanks Callie. Uh, everybody in the chat, like this is, I know I say it's the best part of my week every week, but it, it extends beyond that. Cause this is a generally beneficial place for me to be right now. And thank you all for, uh, being so supportive as I learned to do this. Callie D in the chat, you got me crying. So go ahead and check off your bingo card. Um, Kylie, Ricky, did you have I got to tell you, you wanted to say, Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I, I'm, trust me. We're, we're going to be going to okay. Kylie because Wiley Kylie, we, just trust me. I just wanted to say for my part, Ricky D as a person who was literally there the first time you did a podcast and a person who has been there for your most recent podcast, uh, you've, you have really just blown it out of the water, man. Like I, you know that there are people in our orbit where we're like, okay, here, make this podcast. And they go, great and we go here's all the tools and then they don't do it and that's really frustrating and it's to see people decide you know what effort isn't really something i feel like right now really really chaps my hide so to see you do the exact opposite of that at every single possible juncture of your podcasting journey it 
it really does fill my heart kind of the same way my heart gets full when I see our numbers and our people in our live chat. It's just like uh, this guy, man, he started with basically zero experience and now he's got his own podcast that comes out every week and he kicks ass on my show constantly. I we've he's been on other shows. He was great on Cheap Seat. Like I'm Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. You are amazing, and I am so happy to have you aboard for this and to have you as part of the network, and I can't wait to bring you with to TMA PodCon 21. And yeah, before absolutely. we... I, uh, I was, to, to further that point, too, the amount of people that, that have come and gone in this network, um, it's incredible to have people that are actually like going for it. You know, like Jesse was saying, that they've, not that anyone has been like crazy awful or anything but but like there is a certain it takes a certain kind of person to it's hard work to yeah to dedicate themselves to this and i really really appreciate the work that you've done on this network on sbi on best flicks on everything man it's it's huge and it's been great to see you grow um as a podcaster so i was i could never have done it alone so thank you guys Kylie, you what did, do you have anything else that you want to say? I, we've been doing this for a half hour now. <laughs> well, thanks guys for the opportunity. Um, I know I just I just I think I everybody summed it up pretty nicely. We have kind of shouted out everybody probably by name at this point. Um, I just want to kind of shout out, I guess, the ladies in the chat and those who listen and Woo! encourage me to be the best I can be and encourage me to get a, you know, Twitter and all that stuff. Um, and we kind of force you into that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's a cer- certain certain lady on our chat who kind of, you know, inspired me. Um, okay, all right. But no, um, it's it's been a lot of fun, and I think that. It wouldn't have been as much fun for me if I didn't have a lot of the support that I did from our special ladies. Um, so I really, really do hope. I know we have kind of chatted about anime before and some of the girls have given me encouragement. But again, as always, as I've mentioned before, I really hope that we have our friends come join the next adventure with us um, because it's going to be a lot of fun and Kylie will be hosting so that'll be a whole brand new kind of chapter and uh, please come please come <laughs> with us <laughs> it's going to be great please time hang out with us. we have a you know a small intermission um, but it'll be worth the wait so absolutely I'm right, and that's guys. it for me I'm done if that's I mean way to put the pressure on um <laughs> I, we don't have, like, we've never done a season finale <coughs> before. We've never had a show uh, that had people that cared that we were doing a finale. So we're, we're not used to this. I didn't write something for this. Um, but to rely, as I always do, just on the emotion of the thing, like, I I feel very loved through this show. And I have come across a lot of opportunities to share some of that love and um i i didn't think that a firefly podcast would change how i go about my days but it has um so i i just want to thank ricky d from best flicks with ricky d and josh from twist my arm and kylie from the sudden but inevitable rebop for sticking it out with me and being the crew that i needed to get through this um this this fun 
painful, ridiculously cool, badass sci-fi space western, and I'm I'm really glad that I got to go through it with you guys, and I'm really glad that all these wonderful, beautiful brown coats have joined us for this journey, and I can't wait to take the next step, you guys. So I think we are going to have to leave it there because otherwise we could go on and on and on and some of us have overtime tomorrow so those of you that are here send me your files immediately and with that (laughs) josh if you don't mind one more time take us out of the world Sudden and inevitable rewatch. Signing off. Guess where I'm going to be? Yeah, that's right. I'll be in my bunk.